In possibly the most shocking thing out of the Derek Chauvin trial in Minneapolis so far, George Floyd's girlfriend told the court as uh, she was being questioned by the defense that this one of the state's key witnesses, a guy named a guy named Maurice Lester Hall, was George Floyd and her dealer. And he was supposed to be testifying as one of the key witnesses for the state. Abruptly, apparently just the day before, this guy shocked the court by saying he wasn't going to testify. He wasn't going to be a witness. In fact, he's pleading the fifth. And this is just one big factor in the defense that we've seen so far that really makes it seem like, my friends, this is going to be, well, I'll put it this way. If there is a reasonable jury that's following the evidence the same way I am as I'm watching the court same as them and, and hearing a lot of the same evidence, boy, it sure does sound at the very least like reasonable doubt across the board. I don't even think manslaughter can stick. I really don't. You've got, we're, we're going to get into this story, but there's just so much to break down. A few months prior to this incident, uh, incident, George Floyd had OD'd and gone to the hospital complaining of the exact same symptoms. Video showing George Floyd saying, I can't breathe before he was even restrained. I think the jury is going to see reasonable doubt unless politics gets in the way. So we're going to talk about all this stuff. And joining us today is none other than Michael Malice. Thank you for having me, Tim. You get shouted out too much on this show. So we were like, just tell him to come over. <laughs> Red Rover, Red Rover, bring yeah, Alice right, right over. Say his name too many times when he's here in I'm like house. Beetlejuice and Candyman. Yeah, yeah. Right, it's great. <laughs> bees, bees, bees. <laughs> All right. And Ian's here. I'm so glad you're here, Michael. Um, <laughs> yes, and I'm sporting our new I Am A Gorilla Diamond Hands t-shirt. Let me oh, see yeah. if I can get this in the frame. There we go. Perfect. The gorilla is back. Yes. And he's made a lot of money. Indeed. Well, because he knew not to sell his stonks too soon. He had diamond hands, but I suppose like you're not supposed to sell ever. I guess he waited till it got to the moon and then sold or something. I don't know the joke is whatever. It's a gorilla with money. (laughs) Buy the shirt. Timcast.com slash shop and you can get yours. We've actually sold a ton of these. People love the Wall Street gorilla thing. He's very charming. He is. Yeah. He's super. That's right. Nice smile. And he knows the truth about building seven. (laughs) <laughs> is that what? Yeah, is that it? Mm-hmm. He's in New York. All right, all right, Michael. Well, that's what that's a reference to. What? I'm a gorilla. Oh. No, it isn't. It was the Ishmael book. Yeah, but that was Alex Jones saying it on this show. Oh, I get it. I get. Oh, yeah, it. Yeah, I get yeah, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. Right, 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 right. He was the I. So and I'm a gorilla. The 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 secret is the original. I, I don't know if I should say this. The original drawing was was proposed as Alex Jones saying it, and I said we can't do that because that's Alex Jones. Like. His likeness, his business, we can't. Oh, that's has, true, yeah. Has to be an actual gorilla. But the original pro- pro- proposal that I got was like, so should we make an Alex, uh, Alex Jones saying? I was like, no, we can't do that. It was, uh, you know, hey, it's actually just a gorilla now. Yeah. There you go. We got Lydia. She's chilling. I'm also in the corner. Uh, me and Michael always get up to new good when he's here. That's we have true. a lot of You were texting Lydia during one of our episodes. Maybe. <laughs> and then getting her to shout you out. <laughs> she didn't shout me out. My good friend, Ethan Supley, who, is, who I am shouting yeah, out, cool, who I adore. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, he was on. Yeah. I'm pals with you, and I thought it'd be funny <laughs> storm, if if yeah. she asked, "What do you guys like best about Michael Ellis?" <laughs> and you all had easy answers. Uh, I'm very likable. That's right, the most likable. My go. friends, beautiful. Uh, we're gonna get serious. And before we do, go to timcast.com and become a member because you will get access to exclusive members only segments. We are very very close to rolling out the brand new website. I gotta tell you, it, it looks amazing. This company that's putting stuff together, it's like it's actually fancy looking. And I'm actually, I actually just went over a treatment. This is like basically the, the elevator pitch for a TV series, which we might actually produce because we're going to get into the business of making culture and making shows and just being regular people that make fun things and get away from the weird culty woke stuff. So go to timguest.com, become a member. 
We got a bunch of special bonus segments, but it really does help in the events that in the event we get banned or whatever. This is where we'll have all of our content and we got a lot more to come. So working on the vlog, the chickens are doing their chicken stuff. We're going to make chicken cam. Yes. We're going to put a live camera in the chicken city so that people can just tune in for no reason. Just watch the chickens. So cute. I thought it would be so hilarious. That is, the but they had, they have that kitten cam. They've had goat exactly. cam, aquarium cam. It's relaxing. It's like How a- ASMR, right? You'll yeah. get to watch the chickens drink the water, turn around, take a dump right in their water dish. <laughs> And then start drinking from it again. The rumors it's, are it's, true. It's, it's brilliant yeah. stuff watching Beautiful. chickens every day. I swear to God. How do they drink? They have to like put a mouthful and then put the yeah. head. Yeah, up, they, right? they, yeah, they they like bite the water a little bit, nibble it, and then they flip their heads back. Yeah, and then like one of them will like stand up and pull its wings out, and then just like dump right in the water, and then turn around and start drinking again, like right in the same spot. It's amazing how these things survived <laughs> as long as they did. Well, what about no 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 no? Okay, I'm gonna get all animal here. Okay, <laughs> uh, gorillas. Uh-huh. I, I worked on a book called The Paleo Manifesto with John Durant. I edited it. And there were gorillas in captivity. And the problem with the gorillas is they kept eating their poop or they weren't <laughs> eating their poop. They weren't? The problem is because you're eating vegetation, it's hard to break down. Right. Yeah. So rabbits, cows, other animals, they eat their poop to get the more nutrition. Hold oh. on. Rabbits don't literally eat their poop. It's called something else. And apparently it's like, there's like a gland next to it or something. I can't remember. I was reading about this because we had rabbits a few years ago. They do eat their poop. But it's, it's not the same thing as poop. Like, sure, it comes out of their butt, though. <laughs> yes, Rabbits yes. eat the thing that comes out of their butt. That we, it's, it's, it's a wad of cellulose. And okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whereas cows, you know, huck it back up and then chew on it yeah. and swallow it again. Okay, go to TimCast.com because apparently... <laughs> it's a great conversation. <laughs> yes, and you'll get exclusive segments like this. After the show, we'll have a members-only segment, so, so go ahead and do it. Let's get serious, guys. All about chicken husbandry. Chicken husbandry. We don't have a rooster, and so it's really funny when, when like, the cat walks up. The chickens don't know what to do. There's no rooster to be like, yo, get inside, run, the cat's Wait, coming. I'm going to get serious. Did you know there's a whole big controversy about uh, chickens in, I think it's in Europe that they just banned, or in Japan, one of these countries. They banned chickens? There's this book called Inside the Memory Palace, I think it was called, or something like that. The point is, when a chicken is born, a chick, right, all the people who breed chickens for food, they only want the females, because right. the roosters are tough. Yeah. So there are people whose job it is to take a newly hatched chick, squeeze its uh, whatever, junk. its junk, and it looks very different, slightly different, excuse yeah. me, when it's a male or female. And in, that, to, in yeah. that one second, they throw it into the shredder meat grinder. Or, or the meat grinder or they put it aside. And that's their whole job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People were complaining, animal rights people, you're killing 50% of the chicken yeah. population. And they just recently made it illegal. Wow. So now they're going to have all these surplus roosters. And the other thing I know about chickens, I feel like Joy Tribbiani when he got the, the, the um, encyclopedia and he got volume C. <laughs> the other thing is... Um, what was I going to say? I forgot already. Something about roosters? Roosters, roosters are roosters. hilarious, man. Chickens are funny. They're just funny to watch them do their chicken thing. I forgot. They're great. They, they run up to us because we like. there's so many stink bugs out here. We just flick them in and then they... they, they it, dude, it's like... It's the size of a whole pizza to these things. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And now when we walk in, they run up to us and then we try and like go and grab them. They freak out and run screaming. So it's just funny. The, anyway, the, let's the, talk about right, You're supposed Chauvin. to say they're running around like chickens with their heads That's not right. cut off. Yes. Yeah, come on, not cut off. <laughs> you said they're bigger now. They're, they're not they're chicks big. anymore. They're pullets. Pullets. Yeah, That's they're right. Teenager That's chicken. All right. Enough chicken okay, talk. Yes. We got, my friends, smash the like button, subscribe, hit the notification bell. We're really close to breaking a million. How did we just deviate for five minutes on chicken talk? I don't know. Is so good. Let's talk about what's going on with the Chauvin trial. Check this out. We got this from the Daily Mail. George Floyd's girlfriend breaks down in court as she reveals they were both addicted to opioids and the drugs were sold by his friend who refuses to testify at Derek Chauvin's murder trial. I'm just going to break this down for you. This guy, Maurice Lester Hall, a key witness for the state, filed a shock notice on Wednesday stating that he plans to invoke the fifth against self-incrimination. Okay. 
The defense asked this this woman, okay, right, George Floyd's girlfriend. Did George Floyd see Maurice Lester Hall a lot? Did he hang out with him a lot? And she was like, not a lot. Every so often. <laughs> yeah. Every so often. Uh-huh. She said she didn't like him. Mm. She apparently said in an affidavit, I think, because they showed her the paper saying, you told the FBI this. I think it was the FBI. That Floyd had purchased the pills from this guy. And so here we have it. Let's think about this. What's the kind of person that you're friends with that you only see from time to time? Who have, who, who sold you drugs in the past? You? What do you, what do you call that? What do you, what, what do you call it? I call him Tim. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. Right. <laughs> if, like any, a, if anyone would, secret. it's going to be you, not me. <laughs> like a, like a drug dealer. Yeah. Like a drug dealer? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it sounded like. Yeah. I got Someone a man, that, yeah. I got a guy. Someone yeah, that yeah, deals yeah, drugs. Yeah, yeah. So like. George Floyd's sitting in the, in the, guy, in the vehicle yeah, with this guy. guy. Yeah. He's sitting in the vehicle with this guy. The guy's in the car with them when yes. they get. Uh-huh. And, and a ju- Judge Cahill said in September, back when they're like preparing this stuff, the evidence that was presented by defense, it looks like Floyd had a tablet in his mouth. The judge said that. So let's let's put these things together. The dude, Maurice Lester Hall, is in the shop on sur- surveillance footage, and the Daily Mail pulled one of the clips, and he's dropping something in Floyd's hand. The clerk says wow. Floyd looked like he was under the influence. He was, like, having trouble speaking, slurring his words. Floyd gets in the vehicle. He's with this guy. Then we have, what is this? Then we have, uh, that is so annoying. When Welcome to Windows. <laughs> yeah. I, I just upgraded from Windows uh, 8.1 to 10. It was one of the scariest experiences of my life. Wow. All right. Well, let's try and get back to the seriousness. It's like, oh, the suspense is building up. And then Windows goes, boop, boop, boop. All right. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. That's him telling us we shouldn't talk about this. Right, right, right. They're like, so Floyd's in the store with this guy, Maurice Lester Hall. Clerk says that he appears to be under the influence. You can see Maurice Lester Hall hand him something. Maybe he was giving him some change. We don't know what it was. Sure. There's no, there's no reason to assume, you know, anything. And Floyd gets in the vehicle with him. They're in this SUV. The clerk said he, he took this counterfeit 20. And he, at first he was like, I'll just eat. I'll eat it. Because his boss was like, if you take counterfeit money, you got to pay for it. And then he thought about it and was like, I, I can't do that. Went to his manager and said, what do I do? He said, call the cops. When the cop approaches the vehicle, you can see it in the body camera footage. Floyd's got something on his tongue. We don't know what it is. The judge said, I think, I think the judge said it looked like a tablet. It looked like something was on his tongue and then it was gone. The defense brings this up. So now you have this circumstance. And when I saw that, I was like, dude, the toxicology report showed that he had 11 nanograms per milliliter of fentanyl in his system, 5.6 nanograms per milliliter of norfentanyl, which is a, is, is a metabolite, uh, it's a metabolite of yes. fentanyl. My understanding in this context means that it's the fentanyl that's breaking down in his body. It could potentially be a precursor substance sure. that people use, so we don't know for sure. But, well, uh, Lydia pulled this up the other day on the show. When, when mixing drugs, a lethal dose of fentanyl can be 7 nanograms per milliliter. This guy had 11 and 5.6 of norfentanyl. Can we talk about this for a second? Because yeah. I only learned today when Lydia picked me up from the uh, airport why people actually use fentanyl. I had been under the impression, this is how much of a straight edge I am, that they're getting, they're trying to buy heroin. Instead of getting heroin, they're getting fentanyl and they're getting killed. I didn't realize that people intentionally take fentanyl and it has some kind of a purpose. Can you explain that a little bit? It's a it's a medication. It's an it's an opioid. But so they're, they're, so so it is used like kind of like Percocet or something. My, like this. My understanding is that uh, yeah, it's a it's an it's a, it's a medication. Okay, and so but, but I'll say this out right, man. Just to get started, this story breaks my heart. The story told by yeah. the girlfriend is that she and Floyd had had chronic injury, chronic pain. Yeah. And so they were prescribed opioids. And then like many Americans, yeah. they became addicted yeah. to it. Prince, I think, and, died yeah. from it. So, so, so after they, their prescriptions cleared, they have a physiological dependence to this. 
And then we criminalize the fact that they're hooked on something their doctor made them, told them to take. Can we also explain to people, like, because I've had my wisdom teeth, maybe other people haven't. I have. When you take, like, Percocet or something like this, they don't understand that it's a painkiller, but pain is obviously, it's not literally happening in your arm or your mouth. It's happening in your mind. Yep. Right. So what these painkillers do, you're sitting there and it's like you're on a cloud. You're not, you're, you know, the expression, not feeling any pain. It, it affects your psychology and your mood. And you could be sitting just staring at Ian, staring at you, Tim, and just feeling really mellow and relaxed. And it's very easy to see how this can become hyper addictive. Because if you tell someone, all you have to do is, you know, take this pill and for hours, you're just going to feel relaxed and happy and have pure bliss. You're not going to think, well, the doctor gave it to me. Yeah. Obviously, it can't be that dangerous. Why wouldn't I? And, and then it, you get a physiological dependence. And then, because what happens if you stop, you know, it's kind of like starting, stopping short yeah. in your car. I've had a friend who was a, a, a heroin, former heroin addict, and your body starts freaking out because nope. it's not in a position to make that happy juice or serotonin or whatever it is. And now you're in panic. Because you're like, if I don't get that feeling back, like it's like fight or flight. Your body's in, it's so it's but it's it, very slippery, dangerous slope. It's not just that; it's that you level out. Like the first time you take it, it feels really good. Eventually, you normalize, right. yeah. and if you stop taking it, you go down. So I, I had been prescribed Percocets uh, uh, several years ago, and they gave me I think they gave me like fifteen or so. I took two, and then I stopped. Yeah, it was terrifying. You know why? It was the it was the greatest feeling. And I was like, I do not like this man. And that's like not like light I'd, compared to fentanyl. The way it, is that right? Yeah, fentanyl is super concentrated. Yes. Super, yeah. yeah. Wow. So okay. that's so. So listen, listen. Here's a dude who is now in his car. He's OD'd before. He's scared. He's going to go to jail. The cops are here. He's a, he, he, like, dude. I I think it's insane that we criminalize people who have a physiological dependence after a doctor gave a medication. Right. You know, Trump ran on this, ending the opioid yeah, crisis. Yeah. So now he panics, and it, it it seems, based on the story, he was with his dealer, he was buying drugs, cops showed up, he ate them. That's what it seems but like. But here's the other thing about decriminalization. You know, obviously I'm an anarchist, and this, this is my view, but what people don't appreciate when we're talking about uh, decriminalizing drugs, it's the harder drugs that are the most in need of decriminalization, because those are the most at-risk people who need to have access to resources, who need to not be worried about being locked in prison with rapists and murderers, who are the most, like, when you're in that state of withdrawal, you're not thinking completely rationally. Your, your, yeah. your brain's only thought is, make this feeling, your feeling go away right now. And after a while, you're stealing from your family, you're breaking into places, you're doing things you would never otherwise do. And it's easy to say, just go cold turkey. You're, if anyone has had writer's block, if anyone's been at the gym and you don't feel like working out, imagine that times a thousand because mm. your brain is screaming at you, being very articulate. You need to do what you need to do to get this feeling back. So it's those are the people who need kind of help. <clears throat> and and also it's very dangerous. Uh, you can put, die. Yeah. To put someone like die. this yeah. in prison. Well, so if, if, if you're physiologically dependent from an addiction to something like opioids and you don't get it, you can die from withdrawal. You absolutely it's, can. It's, it's, it's brutal, shocking pain. And so, look, he was driving. I get it. I get it, man. You break the law, you break the law. Sure. Right? And so I think what we need to do is we need to reform the system. The problem I have with this is now it, it's looking to me like, like Chauvin's going to get acquitted. And it's also looking like he should be. But it's also looking like the state is responsible for all of it. The problem here is that the state is prosecuting Chauvin as a scapegoat for right. their broken system with the, with the war on drugs and for their broken policies where they train the police to do this maneuver with the knee. So if you got a problem with the knee on the neck, I hear you. I hear you. It was the police that told them to do it. 
If you've got a problem with Chauvin, uh, with, with Floyd getting arrested, I agree, man, it's the war on drugs. Imagine if someone, if someone walked up and they, and imagine if it wasn't a criminal act to be, to be addicted or to be drying the substance, uh, buying the substances, or at the very least you knew the penalty was a light stint in rehab or a clinic. Floyd would not have panicked the way he would. The, 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 the chaos was not, would not have ensued. I get it. There's a, there's a $20 bill. I can't believe someone lost their life over a $20 well, bill. Let's talk a little further. Uh, all money, all money's counterfeit. <laughs> there's, 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 no, there's no reason for this $20 oh, yeah. bill. It used to be backed by gold, meaning I can go to a store or whatever the bank and say, I want $20 worth of gold instead of this bill. FDR. Uh, when he became president, broke every contract in America unilaterally because the contract said, Tim, you're going to paint my house for $500 or the gold equivalent. Right. Uh, and if, if it was super inflation, I'm like, you know what? I don't want the 500. Give me the gold. FDR said all those clauses are illegal. Not only did he do that, he made it illegal for anyone to own gold. Right. Yes. So they really yep. made sure that, that gold couldn't be used as a base of currency. And only now, let me just finish my thought. Only now, thanks to things like Ethereum. Crypto, Bitcoin, are there ways for people to store money? It's it's not the same as gold, obviously, but these are a better store than politicians who could print at will. And if everyone listened to me and bought Ethereum when I was in the show and said to buy it, they would have been up like two and a half times the money. Dude, all yeah, time high, dude, yep. as of yesterday. So the glasses aren't just for show. <laughs> <laughs> Dapper. So... Look back, back to George Floyd. I just my, my view is I wish our, our our criminal justice system was rehabilitative and not retribution or just punitive. Like, okay, we're mad you did this, so put him in a box. Wait, let's can we talk about this also? I don't yeah. I'll interrupt you. A lot of times, conservatives are like the guy point out correctly, point correctly. This guy pointed a gun at a pregnant woman during an armed robbery. It's like, well, if that's the case, then he shouldn't be on the street either. So no matter which way you cut it, this is a screwed up situation. What you mean, Floyd did? Yeah, previously. It, yeah, if someone is this much of a violent criminal, then they shouldn't. They should at least be like we have a sex offenders registry. Why is there not some kind of violent criminal uh, offenders registry when someone's doing something that egregious? Yeah, maybe. Because I, 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 we, I, we were talking about gun control, and I said if you pay your debt to society, you get your gun back, you yes. get your vote back. And so a lot of people said, yeah, but if you're violent, and I'm like, well, then if this, if if you've listen, so you're talking about an extended sentence. That's just not what. I, that, okay, by all means, sure, argue that. I'm saying literally, if they're like, you did this, so your punishment is five years. Five years later, you get out. Congratulations. Here's your gun. Here's your voter registration ID card or whatever you need. Right. Well, they don't do voter ID, but you get the point. Right. So uh, maybe there would be a, a list or, or so. I, I'm still not necessarily a big fan, but I understand the idea. And ultimately, what I'm saying is, the sh- listen, the most violent president, the most violent criminals are always the presidents in the Senate because they're oh, yeah. the ones who declare war. Look how much blood is on their hands. The state is at fault. Yes, like, they, they pay and, out. And, and, and hold on, but they're the ones prosecuting right now. Imagine realizing this when the leftists chant, "The whole damn system is guilty as hell." I'm like, right here with you. We got a problem here. The war on drugs doesn't work. It's never worked. It's creating criminals out of victims. It's created like, look, I understand there's violent crime. I was I was tweeting up a storm during Trump saying Trump should should pardon every nonviolent drug offender with some review because some might plead down. But the exactly, general yeah. idea is, if you were a nonviolent drug offender, that's the only thing you did. Get him out of there. Get him some help. Have, a, have someone give him a talking to and like help them work through their withdrawals and their addictions. That's what I was all about. So the system is putting these people in prison, making them hardened criminals, making it so they can't vote. I think the system is broken. Now, the problem is they're demanding the state that is at fault put Chauvin on trial, an individual officer working, working as an individual for the state who was told to do something by the state. I have a problem with that. If we as a community say... We need people to be working on behalf of the state to enforce the law. 
And then the individual says, I'm willing to do that. And then we say, okay, but you have no legal protections in the event that we, we actually end up saying we don't like what the state is doing. Change the state itself, but don't as a community ask someone to do something and then get mad when they do it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I just don't agree. I, don't, I know you're an anarchist. Yeah. My point is like, most people seem to like the police. I know your opinion, and we'll definitely talk about it because I think it's it's a fascinating. I don't uh, think that 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 that's factual. That most people like the police. I think it's very dependent on your uh, environment. Also, the For idea sure. of the police yes, and the individual and, police yeah. is a different thing too. Yeah. Yes, just like everyone hates politicians, but they like their congressmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so maybe look where I was in in Chicago. Nobody liked cops. Where I was, well, can, can I ask you? Were they wrong? Were the are the cops in Chicago? kind decent uh, normal people or are they okay there's my answer <laughs> no but, but you know what i'm saying like when you people the talk- reputation of the police in chicago but let me clarify i had been saved from a mugging by cops where they literally grabbed the mugger and slammed him against a wall and you, you know, were only mugged because you're unarmed because of the police yeah you were that mugging that's was right. caused that's, that's by actually the we, we we point. did it so so we did a bonus segment yesterday you, with jack murphy are we really allowed good. to show that i don't know okay but whatever there's so guns so in, yeah I, uh, <laughs> I guess you could call it that. No, but my point is you, you, you exercise, you, you're, you're outspoken about, ex- not outspoken, just you, you exercise your second amendment rights. The other day on the bonus segment, you guys are going to want to watch this if you want to see me screaming at the top of my oh, lungs. Yeah. It was one of the best we've ever done. Spicy. I was basically was saying really the problem with Chicago is that they banned guns. And so long story short, Jack said about this incident in DC where this guy gets carjacked. Yeah. The car flips over and he dies. He should have just given the car up. And I said, no. He should not have just given his car up. And Jack made a good point. You know, don't you think his kids would prefer it if he lived, if he just gave that car away? And I said, if every single person looked dead in the eyes, the criminal attempting to harass or oppress them and said, I will blow your head off if you go near me, this would stop. The problem is in Chicago, for instance, they make it illegal to own guns. And so what happens then is the criminals know you can't do anything and they can point a gun at you. and, And then the cops tell you. They tell you this. You know what you do? The officers say, just make sure you comply with everything they want. And you know what I said? No. So when the guy tried mugging me, I laughed. And I just kept walking. And I, 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 was, I just basically ignored him. I was like, dude, first of all, I'm broke. I don't have any money. And he threatened me with a knife. And I just laughed. I'm like, I'm not going to do anything. The point is, if people had the right to defend themselves and someone walked up to you and said, give me your stuff, you'd be like, oh, I got something for you. It's called a 45. Sometimes, Instead. but there is tactical retreat in the art of war. You don't want to let someone goad you into yeah, combat. You escalate, yeah. That's very – Maj Ture, who's great. I don't know if you've had him on the show. Yeah, definitely. Black yeah, Guns Matter. Shout out to Maj. Um, he does workshops where he talks about de-escalation. And I think this is something that is very important. And I'm saying this as someone born in the Soviet Union. It's very important for spe- people, especially young males, especially low-status young males, to be uh, educated and be told, you know what? If you take a step back, you're not a coward. You're not a woman. You're not whatever pejorative you want to use. Sometimes it's okay to be like, you know what? Fine. I'm not going to, this is not going to escalate because, uh, um, Jeanette Rankin, who was the only member of Congress to vote against World War One and World War Two, she said, you don't win a war any more than you win a hurricane. So if, <laughs> if, but it's kind of like a, 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 a knife fight or a gunfight. Yeah. It's going to end ugly. At the very least, even in a free society, you're going to have to sit down and adjudicate and say, I drew this gun on this person for this reason. Yep. I'm not a threat. I don't, shouldn't have my, um, uh, gun rights revoked. So I'm not talking about a fight over honor which is a lot of what happens in yes. Chicago, where two guys refuse to back down because of their honor. No, 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 no. You know, don't die for pride. You know what I mean? I'm talking about you're, you know, a guy, you got a couple kids and, and you're with your wife and the state says you can't have guns anymore. 
and you know you live in Chirac. So you know what a lot of people in Chicago do? They go and illegally buy them anyway. Of course. And there's a lot of good, you know, hardworking families with no criminal history who are who are in felony possession of firearms because they refuse to be victims to these gangs who terrorize their neighborhoods. And who's enforcing these laws? The state and the police. Mm. Okay. So right. what do you think should be done when someone takes an oath to uphold the constitution and in violating that oath, they leave poor, helpless people defenseless in their homes? Do you think these people should be respected? No. Okay. My work here is done. I'm out of here. But we agree. I think there needs to be heavy reform. And the problem is social enforcement. Yes. The fact that the police will face no repercussions for this. So it used to be the cop would show up and they get a free hot dog. Now we're hearing a lot that they don't. But the problem is it's not for the right reason. So bringing it back to Chauvin, my point is this. If the left said, I don't care about Chauvin. I care about the police department. I care about the laws. The war on drugs doesn't work. People who should not be criminals are being criminalized. Unfortunately, there's 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 big gaps in the logical consistency of many, many people. And I assure you, I recognize this. I have it as well. Same sure, as anybody. We all do. Yes, of course. But when you have people who say I, there, there was something posted by um, Rachel Maddow, it was it said people who would take the rights from others deserve none themselves or whatever. And so I tweeted Rachel Maddow agree. Rachel Maddow agrees. All gun control should be abolished. Yeah, because what she doesn't understand is that she regularly advocates for taking people's rights away. She understands. Sure, sure. So these, the, a lot of these people on the left, many of the progressives, they're actually pro-gun. They ab- absolutely are. They're like the Socialist Rifle Association types. Uh, and then there's a decent overlap with many of these Antifa people. Some of these Antifa people recently arrested in Portland were armed with guns. Well, the, the, Mar- the, the Marxists are very pro-gun. Absolutely. Because the argument, well, you know what? Uh, I'm writing about this in my upcoming book, The White Pill. The fir- there's a myth among the boomer conservatives that gun control started as a result of uh, they didn't want like uh, black people to become armed um, post-Civil War. Well, we said that. It actually started in Illinois because a lot of these labor unions were forming militias was that- and they were drilling because they were ready to start a revolution. And this was a big problem. It's like, wait a minute. The Second Amendment specifically says you should have a militia. They're forming labor militias in the, in the idea of eventually killing the capitalists and taking over. And this was a huge Supreme Court case and they lost. And that's where gun control really kind of started. What year was it? Uh, I think 1870 or something. So, so, so and then, like and then what within like a couple of decades, wait, what was it called? The Haymarket Massacre? Was that what it was called? That, 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 don't spoil my book, but yes. <laughs> the Haymarket <laughs> Massacre. That's yes. in Chicago. Was that in Chicago? That, that is yeah. in Chicago. Yes. Yeah. That was, what, what happened brutal. with that? Someone threw dynamite or something? Okay. So, uh, okay, this is uh, this is the story of Lewis Lang, who's on the cover of the Anarchist Handbook, which I'll be back on uh, to talk about when it's ready, assuming I don't burn this bridge today. Um, who knows? It's <laughs> so a live let, show. Let, let, let's start the this bridge off. bridge is made of glass. Th- let, so everybody understands the context. You're saying that gun control starts with these labor unions, and now we're talking about the Haymarket hay market Massacre. It's, it's a very, very quick transition. So what yeah. happens is in Illinois, you have these – they're very heavily immigrant, very heavily German uh, – Labor unions are forming militias and they're, they're, they're mustering, I think that's the term, when they're, you know, practicing so on and so forth. There was a union meeting in Haymarket Square in Chicago, which is still around, and different people were talking. Uh, at night, a bomb got thrown, dynamite. A lot of people got killed, including several police officers. A bunch of anarchists were rounded up, some of whom were not even there. And they were accused of conspiracy to commit murder because they were advocating these radical ideas. One of them was someone named Lewis Ling. If you look him up on, on the internet, he looks like Channing Tatum. It looks like a contemporary photo, even though it's from 1870-something. It's crazy. What is it? Lewis Lang? Ling, L-I-N-G-G. He's the stud of anarchism. He was the first Che Guevara. 
basically. Wow, you're not kidding. I'm not, right? I'm impressed. Yeah, he's a hunk. <laughs> Jeez, what the so heck? they put these anarchists on trial. Louis Ling, they had searched his house, and there was a lot of dynamite in his house. And his lawyer said weekly, well, he's got a right to have dynamite in his house. This has become a meme where Louis Ling is alleged to have said, I couldn't have thrown that bomb. I was at home making bombs. Because he have, wasn't we, there, we, we but, a bomb got, but a bomb got thrown. They were sentenced to death. They were all hanged. Louis was one of the, uh, four of them were hanged, excuse me, Lu- or five. Louis escaped the hanging because he snuck in a blasting cap into his jail cell, blew off his jaw, and then wrote in blood on the wall, hooray for anarchy. The others, one of them, when he d- was being hanged, said, someday the voices you strangle uh, will sh- uh, be louder than the, someday the, uh, I forget the, the term, whatever. There's a, they got pardoned many years later, and there's a memorial to them right now in Chicago. But, but this is where a lot of it started. The gun control stuff. Yes. Wow. Well, we, we... So the conservatives, it's funny, the ACLU also got started defending communists uh, because it was a, this radical revolutionary idea. So a lot of conservatives like, like to adopt these ideas, and they don't realize where the origins are from the radical, radical left. So this could have been a false flag. Like the legal, the law could have thrown dynamite in and blamed That's it on That's what they these. said. They said this was, a, this was an agent provocateur paid for by the capitalists to get us in trouble. Well, and we still don't know who threw the bomb to this day. So let's wrap this back to uh, uh, the origin of, of how we started talking about this, which was uh, the, the Chauvin trial. They're, they're going after one guy, Derek Chauvin. If they convict him, the state, which in my opinion is responsible, will cheer and hurrah, and all of the activists will be satisfied. Well, probably not. But if the idea is they want Chauvin put on trial as the individual, they're ignoring what's really going on. And I liken this to... You know, I'll put it exactly like this. It's like, imagine if there was, a, you know, in feudal Japan, the ninja was tasked with taking out the emperor. Instead, he fought with the, the palace guard and then celebrated when the palace guard, one of them, you know, was removed from his post. Chauvin is just one guy who works for a system. Getting that guy convicted won't change anything. And he was just some guy who was doing like, you know, he was told, here's how you restrain someone. Now, whether or not he actually did anything wrong in that capacity, stopping Floyd, I disagree with the war on drugs, but there's arguments about what you do when there's when there's statutory right. law in the books. Derek Chauvin was trained by the Minneapolis police to do it's called uh, the recovery position. That's what it said in the training thing that they released, because if you put your knee on their back, they could asphyxiate. So he right. literally moves his knee. Should this guy be convicted after everything we've seen with all the evidence Chauvin with the fentanyl in his system, with a guy who now it appears to be a, a dealer? You know, he appeared to be high. Uh, Floyd said before he was even restrained. Did you see this? I can't breathe. He said it before he was even restrained. So all of that leads to this conclusion of at least bare minimum reasonable doubt. My problem, the war on drugs, first and foremost, is a big part of this, especially when I saw, you know, Floyd's girlfriend testify about opioid addiction and what they were going through. And I was like, this is insane, man, that we're doing this. The problem I have is the activists who are angry are being easily distracted and pointing at one guy. And when he's convicted, nothing will change. They will not do well, there's, anything. There's two things. One, they want to make an example of him to make all the other cops fall in line. Two is I just want to point out what the slogan, the, the thing on the memorial is because it's a great yeah. quote. He, it's, he said, um, this is August Spies, who was one of the ones who was hanged. He says, the day will come when our silence will be more powerful than the voice you are strangling today. So I think that's the case with a lot of people who are killed by the state. It's that yeah. they are silenced, but you know what they represent, which might not actually be accurate, you know, speaks speaks volumes. Yeah, well, Michael, the state realized that, and so now they go for character assassination instead. Sure. They 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 learned they learned a while back, and I'm surprised it took them as long as it did. To be honest, 
when they were like, hey, if we got a problem, we just kill him. And then it's like, well, congratulations, you made a martyr who's immortal now. Right. So they have to smear your reputation and make you a nasty diddler or something. And then all of a sudden your legacy is destroyed and nobody wants to reference your name anymore. And they're trying to do that with the Trump administration. There were several articles written how they're trying to make have people trying to make anyone who worked for him yeah. radioactive and unhirable. Remember, it was tough for the former president to. I mean, your job as a defense attorney is to defend child abusers, you know, murderers, rapists, like the most horrible people. That's your job. They were having trouble finding people to defend the sitting, the the, the sitting or at the time former president uh, uh, for the impeachment trial. And now you see what Facebook said, right? No, Facebook I did and Instagram. not. The voice of the president is not allowed on their platform. I saw that, yeah. The voice of Lara the Trump. Yeah. What was that? Lara Trump, the president's uh, uh, daughter-in-law, um, he, she interviewed him. She didn't say anything particularly inflammatory. He didn't talk about the election. They pulled the video and they said, you cannot have Trump's voice on our site. So they have AI just clocking Trump's voice, ready to pull it. No, they knew. No, Apparently, yeah. when she expressed her intention... They called interview. her. Yeah, they, and they sent an email saying like, just so you know, if you do this, you're gone. And then she was like, I'm going to do it anyway. And I was like, right on. They're and trying they, to vanish a president from existence who's still alive. This is, let, let me ask you, do you think that the moves being made by the establishment today are something new? Or do you think those individuals in this power structure has always existed, but slipped up? I, I think they're losing their power. I think these are the same moves. Um, they're trying to make people, making people radioactive has happened for a very long time uh, in this country. And I think they have to ramp it up because if there's three networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, the three of us can get in a room and be like, look, this guy's a clown. We're not going to repeat him. Yes, yes, yes. Shake hands. That's why a lot of ideas that were kind of on the fringe would be heard by the mainstream because it's like the three of them said, yep. yeah, we're not going to talk about it. Now, when you have this show, and infinite shows on YouTube, on on Rumble, and all these other other locations. It's impossible to have a monopoly of the megaphone. So now they're freaking out because it's very difficult to sustain uh, a regime based on mistruths or untruths when all it takes is one jerk with a Twitter account to be like, uh, this is inaccurate. And then your whole facade falls. It's like finding out your wife has been cheating on you. Maybe she cheated on you once, but that changes the whole 10 years. The crazy thing about it is, you know, what we're seeing with the censorship or seeing with Steven Crowder, it's it's clearly insane. And it's it's like every single time a new story happens, it's worse than it's been. Why do you say what do you mean by insane? Because when, when I when I, I heard about I, this when I was doing my North Korea book, a lot of times people say insane when they just don't understand the, the system. And a lot of times the no, system no, no. is coherent. I mean, insane as in, in the figurative that it's so shockingly okay. outrageous, it would make anyone think the world is, okay. you know, gone, gone nuts. Or I just mean insane as in like, is a hyperbolic, this is, okay. what is going on? This is, this is dialed up to 11. Yeah, yeah. Crowder broke no rule. He did not break a single rule. I know because I've spoken with Google on the phone, with Google representatives on the phone about their rules. It's really interesting. I wonder if Crowder will sue them for defamation because what they're telling people is that in these articles where people ask about Crowder, they say that he violated their deceptive policy or spam policy. But the specific email that got sent out by Google said, you can't do this particular thing. Crowder did not do that particular thing. They said, you can't say these two things at the same time. Crowder did not say those two things. But then they tell the press he violated that rule. Well, that's a false statement of fact. He didn't. They claimed he, he, he they removed a video for trying to uh, you know circumvent his restriction. He didn't. The rules clearly state, or at least Google has said, you can upload to another channel if the content is substantially different, which it was. He filmed a cell phone video saying, hey, guys, here's what's happening. It wasn't his normal show. Too bad, they said. 
So this is this is crazy, right? Now, the, here's the thing. Even if they get rid of Crowder and it really does feel like as time goes on, they are they are strangling these networks. But can I and, interrupt? Because there's there's all these names that we that they've successfully picked off one by one that we forget about. Remember right. Nick Monroe? No. Yes, 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 absolutely. I remember him. He was he. I mean, he was a badass on Twitter. Who is he? He was a Twitter journalist. Shout out to Nick if he's watching. And he would be breaking a lot of stories because there would be something in the corporate press, and, and he would just he was this nerdy kid with a computer and a lot of spare time, and he'd do his due diligence and he'd find articles like what you're, make, what you're saying is, is 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 not accurate. Here's the receipts. They got rid of him. Carpe Donctum who was President Trump's meme maker. This guy is basically making memes for the president, thinks they're going viral. They yanked him. Shout out to my friend Carpe Doctum. So there, and there's others that we can name that they Milo. just- Milo. Milo was a shocking one to me. Yeah. That was like- the, I don't, the I, That was a shocking like, to me nah, at all. Not shocking. He, he put in his Twitter profile that he worked for BuzzFeed It was that they like banned that. him across all the platforms That was the, sh- the, 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 the collusion, yes. Right. The fact that when it comes to these higher profile personalities, uh, none of them should be banned, by the way. I just don't think so. Um, they colluded. Or at the very least, they were like waiting for the moment when they could all act in concert right. and for some reason did. Although it's not completely unified because like Twitter waits a day or two before they finally do it. Well, they waited a while for Alex Jones. Right. Yeah, yeah that's another one. But that, that collusion. It looked but like. it, it, it's very. But the thing is, like, I'll play devil's advocate to some extent. I don't think people appreciate how weak a lot of corporate America is. And no one wants to stick out their neck. So it's a lot easier for me as Jack Dorsey, if YouTube and Zuckerberg are all doing this, for me to be like, there's no cost for me to join them. But if I'm sticking my neck out, like we saw with Black Lives Matter and the guy who ran CrossFit, and he's like, this has nothing to do with us. We're, we're, we're a, you know, gay exercise organization. They're like, well, you know, now you're the odd one out. Yeah. So it very much groupthink does play into this as not necessarily nefarious uh, well, mindset. So here's what I wonder. Obviously, there is a mainstream and YouTube will will pick off one by one all these big channels and sure. they're really homogenizing everything. I don't know how long will last. A lot of people are like, Tim will never get banned. He's too milk toast." even though Facebook already removed me. Nick they, Monroe is, I mean, I'm not going to call you milk toast. Nick Monroe was not some kind of radical. Yeah, they, they said he was circumvention. Yeah. But so even after they do that, the, the technology, cryptocurrency, your own private websites, open source tech still exists. Crowder has a website. He has Mug Club. He's got, uh, uh, you know, he's with Blaze TV. They can reduce a decent amount of his reach on their platforms. But in the end, look at what happens when Trump gets you know, gets banned off uh, uh, Twitter. People start losing followers like crazy. Right. Pe- a lot of people were only on Twitter for the president in the first place. When Patreon banned Carl Benjamin, who now runs the Lotus Eaters podcast, which you guys should check out. I lost a ton of support from people who are messaging me saying, dude, love your work. But I'm here for a lot of people and I have to move now because, you know, my, like my, my favorite show is, you know, uh, Carl's show. So I'm getting off of Patreon and then I had no choice. If I stayed on, I would have lost 20 or 25% oh, of so my. You went through that personally. I didn't know you were I, on Patreon. I, I went was through on, it, through it too. I was yeah. on Patreon. Then Ruben, Sam Harris left. Dave, Dave Rubin launched locals. Now I'm on malice.locals.com. It's a Patreon Facebook hybrid. People can, it's free to join five bucks if you want to contribute. The point, I look, I know you're not a fan, whatever. The point is, I got off Patreon the second I could if there was an alternative because it's not a sustainable career as a creative type to know that overnight I could have all my work vanished without any recourse, without any explanation. Whereas now I can call Ruben up and be like, yo, what's going on and have an actual response. I think that's a very big difference. And a lot of people have the ability to call Jack Conti of Patreon and do the same thing. Okay. 
I so did not like, have that ability. Right, right, right. So, so right now, the, the issue I take, and look, I, I think Dave's great. I think he's a friend. Uh, um, and local sounds awesome. My issue is and always will be centralizing. So basically, joining any of these platforms means they could remove me whenever they want. And what do you think is going to happen? And, and, and I, I wait, mean, wait, wait, me, who they? Who's, who's, you mean locals or me personally? Right, right, right now it's Dave Rubin. He could right. snap his fingers and destroy your career. I, I don't know about that. Or like, um, I, I mean, your income, your stream, everything you've posted sure, on locals. Yeah, but, but I mean, any, I, I'd be a little hyperbolic and say career. Sure, sure, you've sure. got other platforms. And he could be uh, like, I, th- I thought you meant being hyperbolic about the idea that you have a career. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fair, no, a fair. Bit. I am here. Fair, fair. <laughs> All right. Um, but I, I mean, that's a, that's a function of anything. If you're going to be a waiter, if you're going to be a chef, I mean, you're going to have some owner. Someone's going to, unless you're totally self-employed. Sure. So reduce that amount. Sure. So I, that's, I, that's, you're that's, singing my song. That's why we started TimCast.com. I was like, why should I be on someone else's right. platform? I should make my own. And what my plan is now, we've talked about it quite a bit. Ian's recommended some, some developers he might have. We're going to make an open source plugin that anyone could just drop on their own website, which creates the full package subscription model. And I have no control over it. That's a, gr- that's a great idea. Absolutely. That's it. This is, this is, I am going to, oh, with go. this project, attempt, I will say, to destroy all of these subscription services, every single one of Let's them. Let's just and more power to you. I, I think what this is something that I, I get into a lot on Twitter. People are so because they sarcastically say, "Oh, just build your own Patreon. No, oh, just build your own website." It's like there's a lot of smart people who are seeing these problems coming down the road. It's hard to miss. These problems are Godzilla-sized. And all it's going to take is one smart person, here you go, and be like, this is going to be a workaround. And once this problem is solved, it is solved permanently. I, I'm old enough, I'm 63, to remember when the idea... <laughs> I, I'm old enough to remember when people said the idea of, oh, make your own website would have been an absurdity. Now it takes 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Yeah, you get a WordPress plugin. Yeah. And they're amazing. So, so we, yes. we, we want to start. I mean, look, you don't need a lot for your own subscription service. Like Timcast.com is not this, it, it's, it's, it's not the biggest thing in the world. It's, it's a relatively simple WordPress. From the new members we got, we were able to make a, a better website launching soon, which is now pro. And from those members, we're now going to start funding TV shows, movies. And I actually, I read through a treatment for a show we might produce. This is amazing stuff. It's going to be awesome. I want to, create an open source project that someone could just install on a, on a web server. Like they, they find a hosting company, they install it. Boom. When you go to their website, it looks like any of these subscription services. It's got a login, sign up function. It's got a database. Now there's some things you have to be responsible for security, things like that. Your own payment processor, sure. things like that. It'll probably be Stripe or PayPal, like most people use, but it'll be like one click, boom, package upload. Your website exists. Then you'll have all the WordPress functioning for, for uploading photos and you'll have, you'll have a little bit of a learning curve, but for the most part, you will have a totally decentralized Patreon system. Let me, t- let me, let me, let me tell you. I talked to Jack Conti of, uh, of Patreon a couple times when, uh, people got banned and just to, for a lot of people who may, you know, not understand what's going on, Patreon is a, is a subscription service. They abruptly banned Lauren Southern, eliminating her income. They later abruptly banned Carl Benjamin, eliminating his income. And Wait, let's all add, just if people understand, abruptly means it's not like YouTube where you get a strike. It's like you wake up and all your names are gone. All your money's gone. Any money that they had in escrow they pulled for you, you're not seeing a penny of this. This is very sudden. And it's out of nowhere. And you're not given warnings. This is right. it's, it's, people need to appreciate how extreme this is. So. Lauren Southern got pulled overnight without warning, wakes up one day to find out her income stream is just gone. Then they said, don't worry, we'll never do it again. And then they did it again to Carl Benjamin. What I was told 
Long story short, in a, in a phone call with Jack Hondi, I talked to him for a long time on, on a couple different occasions. I'll give you the gist of it without telling you necessarily specifics, because I'll respect his privacy in that regard, but it's simple. The sentiment was this. When one of our partners comes to us and says, we're going to shut down your entire website unless you get rid of one person, I have a choice to make. Yeah. 10,000 people's careers and right. their livelihoods or one. Well, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. My response was, tell them to shove off. And then when those 10,000 people and all their 10,000 followers or 1 million followers each are wondering what happened, I'll point them in your direction. Instead, they, they just give up. So I'll tell you this. Much as I respect Dave Rubin, what do you think would happen if MasterCard called him up like, like, like they did yeah. to Patreon and they say, if you don't get rid of Malice, we shut your company down overnight? Well, let's just pretend he's saying Bridget Fetissey because she's much more expendable than me. Love you. Love you, Bridget. Um, <laughs> we, don't have to, we don't have to argue about this because this actually happened. So Co- Cody Wilson, who is awesome, who's the guy behind Ghost Guns, yes. uh, Defense Distributed. Yes. I'm wearing the shirt right now. Right. Um, he had something called Patreon. And he was right. trying to make a Patreon alternative where people who are banned from Patreon can go there. And Patreon. Then pe- people who are heretics. Yeah. And his issue, why he had to shut it down, is because precisely like you said, Visa or Stripe, one of the payment processes says, no, we're not doing business with you. If you can't get money from person A to, for, to person B, it's really not uh, over the internet. There's not a mechanism of change. Everyone's flipping out like, Malice, you're ignoring this. How's the market to soften this? I'm telling people right now, whether it's through crypto or some other mechanism, there are a lot of smart people. Who are, who see this for the problem that it is and are taking steps to work around this. And this is something that absolutely has to happen. But I'm sure you know even better than I do people who are doing this and trying to have the workaround so that Visa doesn't have that kind of uh, you mm-hmm. by the throat. And the big problem, it's very simple. Every single person that I talk to about this, not every single person, there, there's, there's a few, you know, we, we have PocketNet, they sponsor us. They want to go full decentralized blockchain. So they're, they're, they're we're, we're glad to have them sponsor the show, uh, you know, when we have, when we do, when we do their shoutouts periodically. Um, but, and, and it seems like they're truly decentralized. Like it's all on you. It's your, you're the node operator. It's yours. And that sounds like a good, a good place to start. But a lot of these companies need to make money. Yeah. How do they fund the development? And so I have people saying to me, like, you know, when I, I was pitching this idea of creating an open source decentralized plugin that other you, you, you run it yourself. Don't look at me. I got nothing to do with it. I can't ban you. It's not my website. And they're like, yeah, well, how do you fund that? Like, you, are you going to charge them a, a percentage fee? And I was like, no, we give it away for free because we're socialists here at Timcast IRL to a certain degree. Uh, yes, I absolutely am going to take the money that that, you know, some of the excess money we get and create a system that will protect free speech and subscription services for many other people. Now, it may be that, you know, Ian downloads this package and he creates his own website and then his payment processor bans him. But that won't affect anybody else. And there's nothing we can do about it. that's between him and his business. We don't need that centralized node individual who has that power. We take that power away. I think the ultimate value here for my company and everyone else's is it protects us in the yeah, long yeah. run. If everyone is on a decentralized system, now here's the best part. Wait, just one more thing. It's also good for your company because good karma uh, gives you dividends. I, I'm a firm believer. If you help people and empower them, it comes back to you in the future. But here's the, here's the other way it's going to really help us. I guess you don't care. <laughs> I do. I, do. <laughs> sure. I want to make a program that people spin up their own crypto. Yeah. Check it out. With this <laughs> plugin, it will create a network between everyone who uses it. So we're very preliminary. Ian so far mentioned a few RSS three. We basically want to evolve RSS so you can now have you ever used Gab's Decenter browser? I've not. It's like a browser you download like Chrome or whatever, but you go to a website and then you can comment on the website oh. on the browser. 
So something like that with like a matrix login passport where you have your name and all your data of like who you're subscribed to. You can put your payments through that. Um, and you can so use RSS3. I'm just very excited like to be here learning about how Skynet was built. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and if we free the software here. code, we'll be able to watch the AI go haywire and see why it did it. In real time. I'll tell you my, my vision would be if I upload this, this package to my server and press install or whatever and get this template. It's going to have, you know, videos, blogs, login, you log in, then it, then like I on the back end have to put in my, my bank and all the stuff and set that up. But there will also be a networking link that when you go to it, it shows you trending websites. So if Ian has iancrossland.net running the same thing and he got a million views this week in that networking, it's going to be like, here's one of the biggest shows and we can't control that. It's just an open source network protocol that tracks big channels it could eventually create a more power you have the more power you gain kind of thing Maybe. but ultimately no one will be Wait, who has iancrossland.com i don't this guy ian crossland he's it's like a, a a boy scout or something is that right? like literally a kid well he's a guy okay. an older man uh cool dude i think i've only seen him from a distance you know the head of the cia former head of the cia john o'brennan yeah someone should look at john o'brennan.com <laughs> that website is going down right now <laughs> no no, no i think ten thousand people mentioned this that website. before yeah is it good? Yeah, it's good. Also, CadburyCreamEggs.com. Oh, gosh. What? <laughs> I own it. Oh, you do? Yeah. I really love nice. them. Easter on Sunday. It's, it's Easter every day in my stuff. Happy That's Easter, right. Michael. I love it. <laughs> I was going to say about... All right. Um, That's because I let's, keep rising let's, from the grave. <laughs> well, let's, uh, uh, let's, let's get very serious with the censorship stuff and why I think it's so important. So, uh, uh, look, I, we're, we're, I'm, I'm talking a lot. I don't like talking a lot when it comes to projects we have not done. Okay? Right. Sure. It's so, so, yeah. I'll tell you that, that as far as we've come with this is we've speculated on some ideas and Ian's been like, I've got a handful of developers who could maybe get started on the project. Uh, people keep messaging me too and continue to do that, please. Uh, Twitter's a good place. I'm thinking maybe me. we need to start a, 50, a 501c3. I think it's about time in Delaware. And and that's, well, I don't know where, but so 501c3 whose mission is to create this open source subscription networking service so that people control their own Patreon. I'll tell you why. Right now, as we are seeing YouTube ban Donald Trump's voice yeah. The result of this is unprecedented. Wait, no, is it YouTube also or just Instagram? And I'm Facebook? sorry. I'm sorry. I, got okay, I, just, I really want to make sure we get that right. right, right. Yeah, yeah. As, we're wa as we are seeing, Facebook and Instagram ban the voice of the president. But YouTube did take down right side broadcasting networks, video of Trump's yeah. giving, his, Trump yes. giving a speech. All of these moves in big tech censorship is leading to a it's 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 building up power for the establishment. They're trying to regain control. You know, earlier, of course, you mentioned it used to be three networks. Yeah. It's really easy for them to control everything. Now it's harder. What ends up happening is I'm gonna say, I think well, it's impossible, but go ahead. Right. Uh, what, what, what ends up happening is once they start centralizing control by having their allies in tech ban people, well, they win elections. Donald Trump loses. And then the result of this is terrifying. The New York Post reports U.S. expresses unwavering support for Ukraine amid Russian military movements. The New York Times reports fighting escalates in eastern Ukraine, signaling the end to another ceasefire. Ukraine and Russia issued statements Tuesday noting the worsening of a conflict that has been on a low simmer for years with countless ceasefires. It's it's picking up. And what's fascinating about this is that before Donald Trump, this was a major move by the existing U.S. establishment, yeah. intelligence agencies, the military industrial complex, gaining control, getting Western influence into Ukraine. Yeah. And, and then creating this major conflict. Don't get me wrong. Putin has a lot to, to account for in terms of his responsibility here, the seizing of Crimea yeah. and the, 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 the assistance he's providing to the separatists in the East. But this is the big war. This is, or I should say, this is one of the big conflicts yeah. having a lot to do with the uh, Gazprom natural gas monopoly. 
Europe is faced with very high energy prices. They wanted to get a pipeline from it's called the Qatar Turkey pipeline. Long story short, all of these pieces come together in really interesting ways. In 2009, this is reported by The Guardian, the U.S. wanted to destabilize Syria because Syria was refusing U.S. interests, refusing to allow them to build a pipeline that that would bring natural gas into Europe. Well, Syria said outright, Russia is our ally and we will not harm their business interests with their gas monopoly. Convenient for us, there was a civil war, a revolution and conflict and attempts to destabilize Syria occurred and U.S. interests are there even right now, reports that the U.S. is moving more in. So it's unsurprising to me that we're a couple months out of Joe Biden becoming president and all of a sudden Ukraine lights back up. Of course it's not. I I mean, of course it's not surprising. I mean, I think anyone who's even remotely red-pilled understands perfectly well that there's these international networks where they work together and Joe Biden was their guy. And here's here's what really bothers me about Joe Biden. This is, I think, the worst thing you can say about him. And this is something that's not even really particularly controversial. If you, in my opinion correctly regarded the Iraq war as a mistake, right? Let's suppose I was a chef. I've used this metaphor before. And I accidentally undercook some chicken and someone dies, right? Like, God forbid. As Not only would I feel enormous guilt, I'm like, okay, I need to take mechanisms. If I'm going to still remain a chef, which I don't know that I would do because I killed someone, God forbid, uh, I'm going to take steps to make sure this kind of thing never happens again because this is so beyond the pale and inappropriate. I don't know how many people die in the Iraq war, Iraqis and Americans alike. If Joe Biden says this was a mistake and you feel guilt over tens of thousands, about hundreds of thousands of innocent lives being yeah, hundreds, hundreds of thousands yeah. of li- uh, innocent lives, or maybe not even innocent lives, but I don't think people, uh, everyone should be killed. I would be like, all right, I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen again. I'm going to staff my White House with people who don't think this way. I'm going to make steps to kind of put uh, fail safes in place. The, I mean, it, he, the 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 urine in his depends wasn't dry before he was sending arms to Syria. Yeah, this is very disturbing. And I gotta tell you, I, I, I you you see these photos of these hippies in the '60s with the soldiers, and this girl hippie puts the daisy in the in the the in the barrel of girl his hippie. Well, there's that very <laughs> right, famous right. photo. Yeah, and yeah. as a kid, I thought, what an idiot. And now I think, you know what? She's not the idiot. Because she's really, even though she's maybe naive and not particularly, uh, uh, whatever, sophisticated in her thoughts, she's like, you know what? This is wrong. And, and we are all raised to think that war is a last resort, but it's treated as a first priority yep. by the state. And this is one of the biggest reasons I'm an anarchist. War is so glorified. And even when it happens, like everyone's just like, eh. And I'm like, do you understand what this means? Bombs from the sky and children and innocent kids. The truth is they don't understand because yeah. they haven't experienced you know, Yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't even understand it because you, I'm right. You, you know what it is to me? The United States is the capital city in the Hunger Games where they're all totally oblivious to the suffering of yeah. the outside yeah. districts who are being beaten and forced to fight to the death. And they're like, so what? And they're drinking Ipecac to vomit and keep eating until the war comes to them. You see, it was I believe it was the CIA that referred to... Uh, um, I'll keep the language light, okay? Um, the CIA said actions in the Middle East resulted in blowback. Yeah. That when we were going over there, meddling in governments, arming rebel groups, people got mad at us over there, and they brought it back over here. And all of a sudden, the people in the capital are shocked. What's happening? Why is it happening? Don't worry. <laughs> they just hate you for your freedoms. Yeah. Some simple answer. So you get these people blindly and uh, ignorantly just cheering and dancing for the war machine. And then when it comes back to them, they they pat you on the head and say, oh, it's because of your freedoms. Don't worry. Not realizing that, dude, maybe if we just minded our own business a little bit and worked on ourselves, people wouldn't be doing these things. Now, there are some serious challenges, though. 
China's expansion into many of these areas, sure. their authoritarianism, they're trying to take over. And it seems like they're doing a heck of a good job of it, which is scary to me, because if they end up as the global power, I don't like the idea of them gaining influence over us, but it seems like it's happening, happening either way. But the thing is, they're not gaining influence over us through militarily. Right. They're gaining influence over like, the same way the Soviet Union did through surreptitious means, through uh, intelligence uh, and through journalism and and, thing, and getting the right people uh, who are kind of um, fans of theirs to some extent, or at least neutral in the right positions of power. That's the insidious part. It's not China is not going to fight the U.S. maybe through a proxy war like the Korean War, but it's not going to be like a World War Three, God forbid. But they are going to do mechanisms to make sure that their opinions are presented as. Um, unarguable with in the states shout out to the fourth turning which you're familiar with i believe yes i'm not strauss how generational theory no so this is book uh about 25 years ago they just look a little shocked i'm shook yeah i'm really surprised that michael hadn't heard of that fascinating every every 20 years is a new season and every 80 years we go through a major upheaval oh god i hate stuff like this it is oh my god you don't like it this is like astrology sure interesting what uh 80 years ago we had world war ii 80 years sure. before that, we had a civil war. 80 years before that, we had a revolutionary okay, war. Okay, and look, every president who was inaugurated, um, it was 1789, 1865, 1933, and would have been 2005, where was that, 72 years in between, it was Washington, Lincoln, FDR, so it would have been George Bush's second term. So yes, yeah, sometimes these patterns appear, but to claim that they're kind of inevitable, I, I really reject I don't say, that. I'm not saying they're inevitable. No, but if, if the implication is that these cycles tend to repeat, I think this is the kind of thing where you get the conclusion and you force the data to fit it. Well, perhaps. Possibly. They wrote this book 20 years ago, and they did predict a certain amount of things and a certain amount of things they got wrong, because that's typically the case when someone's speculating. But the general idea is, uh, it's actually really simple to explain. Strong men make good times. Good men, uh, I'm sorry, strong men make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. Hard times make strong men. Have you heard that before? I have. The general idea is that we, we've seen it with generational wealth. It typically lasts three generations. The individual who came from nothing and worked really hard and understood what gumption was starts a business, makes a lot of money. Sure. Then they have a kid. The kid grows up. Yeah, shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations. Yeah. Right. And so that's kind of the general idea that we, we're now entering this period where you have a bunch of very entitled people who simultaneously complain about the police, but then demand that the state be given more power over sure. many other aspects of their lives. There's, there's a lack of logic in a lot of what their you know, decision making is. I digress. The point is, according to this book, we are entering the winter period, which should end with some kind of calamity. But here's the issue. The problem is that people tend to, they, they, they and it's not always incorrect. They base the future off of the past. We should look to the past to try and understand what will happen in the future. But there's many things you can't predict because of a change in methodology and technologies. Yes. To clarify, as many people think Strasshow generational theory is predicting a massive world war with China, Strasshow generational theory says that each war is fought with the most powerful weapons of the time. The question we rose on the show is, and that might be social media. No, it's love. I think it's lasers <laughs> right. space. Yes. Care Bear Stare is yes. the most powerful weapon. We no, what I mean is monopoly. a lot of people assume it's nuclear weapons because World War II. Sure. It's been 80 years. Yeah. The mind control, mm. social media manipulation and propaganda is infinitely more powerful right now. You can take over a country without firing a single bullet. You can convince the people to cheer for you as you storm their beaches. I, I disagree because uh, when what's his name? Um, I, I, I wrote the book Propaganda. And there's, uh, um, this is in the Bernays? Bernays. There's Bernays's book, and then there's Walter Lippmann's book, Public Opinion. Those are the two. Those were written in the 20s and 30s. It would, it's a lot easier to propagandize a, look at Hitler. Look at Stalin. Uh, it is a lot easier to propagandize, uh, 
population without access to independent media. It's a lot hard. Look at look at FDR. Uh, look at Lincoln. Uh, look at the the Confederacy. It's a lot easier to have control of that population then than it is now. As counterintuitive as it sounds, it's a lot easier to disrupt a nation's center power centers with independent media than yes, it is correct. So what the most powerful weapon is of today is not firing a nuke. It's China getting a bunch of sock puppets and bots across social media to undermine cohesion in the United States. I'm all for undermining cohesion in the United States. As you know, <laughs> I'm for breaking this country up. So that sounds like a good thing to me. I'm just going to take a step back about this book. There's a, a, a book I recommend everyone read by Arthur Herman, who's an amazing historian. His first book was called The Idea of Decline in Western History. And what he goes through is every 20 years, there's a new sect that says we're at the end of history. The, it's, it's, it's very millenarianism in the Christian sense. Like it's, it's all going to come down, get your bootstraps ready. And whether it's, it's the Hitler version or whether it's the, the, um, Greta Thunberg version, it's always right now it's the end times. And somehow it never is the Armageddon. So I'm very skeptical of these books where the conclusion always is now is when things are going to hit the fan. It's always now when things are about to hit the fan. Yeah, I thought Mr. That in 2006. Mr. Malice. Yeah. Did you see what um, Marjorie Taylor Greene recently said about vaccine passports? I, I, the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast. I predicted that. You predicted what? That cr- Christian fundamentalists are going to start invoking the mark of the beast, not incorrectly, about these uh, vaccine passports. Not incorrectly. Yes. This is the craziest thing, because I didn't know this until someone super chatted us, that the mark of the beast was literally saying you couldn't buy or Correct. sell without it. Yeah. I didn't know that. When I grew up. You didn't up, read Revelation? No, 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 no. And I went to Catholic school. Yeah, I, no. yes. Yeah, yeah. Kindergarten until end of fifth grade. I was in Catholic Seven school. heads and 10 horns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it rose from the lake or whatever yeah, or something. Yeah. I read it recently. And uh, I think it was several months ago, someone mentioned on the show that the prophecies are starting to come true. <laughs> They're always yeah. starting I know, to come I know, true. I know. And so I actually did it. I did a segment on it for my main channel. People have been more, are more immoral now than they've ever been. <laughs> yeah. People are saying that, like, the prophecy of the lady with this, this star. Before Babylon, yeah. Yeah, they're like, it's, it's Venus and the moon and whatever. And it's like, you're looking for patterns, like you were just saying a moment ago. You look for patterns. Humans are really good at this. What's that thing that's called where you, like, look at it? You can see faces. Yeah, I forgot what that's called. Paradilia or something like that. You can see a face in everything. And so people post these photos on the internet. So I do think it's really interesting, though, that the vaccine passport, uh, you, you'll need it to buy and trade. And now you've got, obviously, Certain individuals saying, could this be the mark of the beast? Could it be? No. No. <laughs> it's not. It's a bad idea regardless of the mark of the beast. Uh, and the, the problem is I, 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 I'm a fan of hers because I like anyone who's a loon who says things that are just – it's much more effective <laughs> to get your position across in politics if you come across as unreasonable. Than if you're trying to sit down and have a discussion. Really? Why do you say? Why? Because there's no talking to her, right? So yeah. she's not going to sit down with AOC, and they're not going to co-sponsor legislation, right? That's never going to. That's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. But well, AOC wouldn't do it either. But that's of use to the Republican Party when they're coming off as intransigent, because then the Democrats. This happened twice. It happened during the Gingrich Congress uh, in in ninety four ninety five. This happened during the debt ceiling crisis under Obama, when the Republicans like we're not raising the debt secret uh, crisis, and we might have to default. Those are the only two times. They got budgetary concessions from the Democrats. So it's a very useful thing to come off as or actually be uh, alone. alone. Yeah. <laughs> That's what uh, a lot of people are saying about Donald Trump. Right. When it came to foreign policy, people were like, you can't negotiate with this guy because, you know, he's out of it. 
And so that put pressure on these four, these, these other world leaders where it's like, what do you do when you have to negotiate for the best of your country? And you're with Donald Trump who's going to go, excuse me. No, no, I don't know what that is. We're not. No, no, no. And you're like, I, what do I say? He just takes. It's one of the reasons people really like the guy. But I, I suppose it's a good point. Now, to be fair, I think AOC isn't going to be, you know, uh, uh, coming to the table for the Democrats either. So Marjorie Taylor Greene, like you said, comes off like a loon. AOC is not going is is effectively doing the same thing for Democrats. So in essence, not. You don't think so? I don't. I I don't. I don't think that's the same thing. I don't think AOC is saying. Well, no, you're right. You know what? Because she is saying the Republicans are changing the weather and (laughs) (laughs) their climate change. So I just take it back. Yeah. Okay. I'm right. I was wrong. Look, she said under Donald Trump, these are concentration camps. Yeah. So we we now we we can see. It's funny how they demonize Marjorie Taylor Greene, and I'm like, yo, you guys had AOC first. So you don't get to come out and complain about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, I, I can I can certainly point out Marjorie Taylor Greene's posts on Facebook. And she apologized for these things. She did. She walked it all back. I, I don't. OK, I don't. Let's talk about that. OK, if you say that the Rothschilds are building lasers to change the weather, <laughs> I get how you're, you're sorry you said it. Yeah. But I don't get is walk me through how you got there yeah. and why you no longer are going there. That's yep. what I want to know. I don't need the much, apology. So, so are you saying that it's quite possible that she's just saying that and she really still believes in the space lasers changing the weather? I, if you believe that space lasers changed the weather as is your prerogative, what changed your mind? Al well, Roker? No, hold on a second. There, there, there was uh, several studies done where they used infrared lasers to uh, uh, a seat, a cloud seating to, for, for cloud seating. Okay. That actually happened. Sure. I guess the issue is when you claim the Rothschilds were doing it, you know, <laughs> instead of like, it was like a University of Berlin or something was like, hey, we just realized this thing happens when you point lasers at the sky. Tinfoil tin pool. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I just think it's like, we all, what, you, what you need to understand about the insidiousness of these conspiracy theories is how they, they, they come from a little seed of truth. Oh, of course. And yes. then someone pours Gatorade on them yep. because that's what plants crave. And then, <laughs> then they end up with some wacky idea. They can't figure out why things aren't working properly. And also in their defense, we've all played telephone, right? Mm-hmm. So I can't tell you the number of times when someone reads an article and then they'll just repeat it. And it's like, that that's not what the article said at all. I've had people accuse me because I wrote a book called The New Right of portraying myself as having invented it. I'm like, <laughs> what are you perceiving me having said that, that you're getting to this conclusion? Yeah. Other than the Rothschilds put lasers in your brain. But, but look, look, I think AOC holds, I, I think it's fair to point out thinking about space lasers from the Rothschilds for weather control is like very much out there for huh. sure. It's out in space. Here's the problem. <laughs> silver the Democrats believe often many equally as insane things. Sure. Chris Hayes has on a guy on his show on MSNBC. Is it possible that Donald Trump has been a Russian ats- asset since the late 80s? And they don't even stop to think that would imply that Trump was still working for the Soviet Union, which doesn't exist. <laughs> so who is the as- asset for? You, you know about that, right? Yeah, but I don't think that's as crazy as space lasers, to be honest. It's not. What I'm saying is, well... I mean, that's fairly crazy. You want to, we'll have a, we'll have a crazy off and calculate and quantify what's. <laughs> no, it's, uh, come on. Wait, what, what's, what's more crazy? That one person has been corrupted or that they're changing the weather for secret purposes? I, I don't mm. think those are comparable in terms of lunacy. Uh, and also, Putin, Putin was a KGB agent. So sure, there's a, there was sure, a lot sure. of, there was a lot of continuity between the Soviet sure, abso- and Absolutely. On, no one's denying that. Uh, we have satellites. We have satellites with lasers. We can use infrared lasers for cloud seeding. We use silver. Was it silver iodide for uh, cloud seeding? Oh, maybe. Seeding. Yeah, I thought it was silver nitrate. Might be silver iodide. nitrate. I could be wrong. Silver nitrate. There's a silver they use. The point is, I'm saying if, if you had to play roulette, and the choices are Donald Trump has been a Russian agent, and the Rothschilds are firing lasers to change the climate, you're saying it's a coin toss? No. 
Okay. I'm saying that they're both really crazy. And right, I understand but, why you think one is crazier than the other, because okay. it certainly is. Okay, that's all but I'm also pointing out, what they do is they take morsels of truth to create this, like, Of course. Amalgam- it's a lot easier to manipulate with some basis in truth than just something pure fabrication. Mm-hmm. 1619 Project is oh, fabricated yes. garbage. And the left believes this. AOC believes this stuff. It's a creation and, myth. Right, right, right. She puts this stuff in policy. So, again, I, I get it. Like, I don't, I, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you because I'm going to be pedantic. I don't, we don't know that she believes it. It could just certainly okay. be of use to her. Wow. I agree. No, I, I think That's you're right. Insidious. I just mean Possible. that she uses it. Yeah. So uh, this is the point I was going to bring up before. Under Trump, she's like, these are concentration camps. Under Biden, she literally said there's no there's no border crisis. And it's different now because Biden is trying to solve the problem. It's worse than it was under Trump. It's not the most amount of migrants. But Reuters even said we are looking at a 20 year spike in 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 these these unaccompanied minors and illegal, illegal immigrants. We got new video from Project Veritas. Children in the dirt under a bridge near McAllen. It is bad. What, is, what, is really what bad. they don't want to talk about, because no one knows how to wrap their heads around this. I saw uh, some, there's some articles that mention this, but it's not being made into a bigger deal. And I think it really should be. People talk about rape culture. There is a lot of sexual assaults in these. Uh, uh, when you have uh, lots of people who are not, have not citizens who have no access to the legal system who you don't know who the heck they are they're locked in in uh, close confinement with other people you're like in a prison you're going to have large numbers of assaults and that Absolutely. to me is what i find extremely disturbing and if you actually were concerned about these people who are being held in these locations that should be your priority number one and it's not and that to me is very very sick let, let, let me ask you something do you believe Marjorie Taylor Greene genuinely believed those things she was saying? Yes. Do you think AOC genuinely believes the things she's saying? No. Which would you prefer in government? I would prefer, um, I can't say what I prefer regarding government because we get banned. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. All right. Just like we won't go to the moon with it. But if you're like looking at two people and you're like, you can have the person who's lying or the person who's crazy. What do you do? I would rather have the person who's lying because the person who's lying is still aware of reality and acting in accordance with it. Whereas the person who's crazy, it is a bell curve. And if you go for standard deviations, you might have things like nuclear war or really. Crazy. So yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree. Cause, cause yeah. the, the point I wanted to get to is with a, a liar like AOC, if she was given unlimited resources, she would implement some really wacky, crazy system where she tries to pander to her base. Sure. But at least they would, it would be like healthcare that people just kind of are upset with. Or, you know, generally bad things that still exist in reality. If you took someone who was absolutely crazy, and I'm not trying to imply Marjorie Taylor Greene would do this, but if you, if you had somebody who believed that there was like, you know, Nazis on the far side of the moon with unlimited resources, they would get us building rockets to the moon to go fight people who aren't there. And that would just. I might rather have rockets to the moon than like socialized healthcare because less people are dying. We'll see. <laughs> so All, now you so made the argument for the other case. Exactly. <laughs> huh. the, the point I'm making is that you could have a crazy person just build crazy things. I don't know. Maybe they nuke the moon. AOC would Gotta just someone. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Got something sitting around? You can't. Yeah. They're going to expire at some point. <laughs> so maybe, maybe it's not so easy because the liar is going to make a broken system, and, and they do. The politicians are just like, how can we make everyone happy? I don't know. Give them universal health care that they got to pay for, so they get the individual mandate. No, here's the easy one: that the Republicans for fiscal responsibility, they never vote for a smaller budget. That's a very blatant, explicit <laughs> line. Right. Uh, you get liars, and you get crazy people, and sometimes you get both. I think we have both. What's the, I don't know, I guess your solution is what, just like anarchy? Yeah. It's yeah. not empowering crazy people and liars. Have you? With the power of police. I was thinking we could get rid of representatives and just use smart contracts that we vote for as a collective. So Why do we have to vote on anything? Hmm. So that we can agree without having to talk to each other? Because sometimes rivers start on fire. <laughs> 
Sure, but rivers start on fire because the property right of that river isn't being protected. Who the the, the people own the river? But that's that's not a thing. People when, can't. Oh, who are the people? Pe- it's like that's people the tra- live there. That's the tragedy of the commons is that when no one owns it, then no one feels responsibility no for it, and then everyone just takes whatever resources they can, and then it becomes destroyed. I just, I just, I there's there's a logical hole here. Whenever I have these conversations with like libertarians and objectivists about owning water, it's like so you're familiar with the Cuyahoga River. You're owning water right there. Right, right, I'm talking about like a river. Apparently the Cuyahoga okay. River caught that, that, on fire again last year. What, really? Yeah, someone just <laughs> told me about it in Cuyahoga Falls. Oh. Let, let's talk about, let's talk about pollution because this is a, this is, there's no system where this isn't a complicated issue. So let's be reasonable here. If, you, let's compare China to the US. Uh, the Chinese river dolphin, the goddess of the river, which has been a symbol of China for, for centuries, has now gone extinct. Wow. Uh, the Chinese paddlefish, which I think is the second or, or, or third largest uh, freshwater fish, has now gone extinct. Uh, the, the pollution when you have a, uh, heavy centralized economy, which leads to poverty, means that government now is trying to pull resources from whatever it can, because otherwise the people are starving. So when you have a bougie society, a whole food society, those are the ones who care and have the ability and wealth to preserve, uh, the environment, to preserve things like river, rivers. But I agree with you. No, no environmentalist or anyone on earth is going to have an easy solution when you're talking about water, which moves and you know, it, it, you're upstream, t- upstream, upstream and weather and things like that. Yeah. Have you ever seen, did I ask you other, other than having a culture where this is revered and something that people care about? So I'm, I'm, I'm very much in favor of environmental regulations. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if the solutions to the world are always going to be easy or as clear cut, but uh, have you ever seen this video? It's by, I think it's a YouTube channel called gray still plays. I think it's called where it's a, a game. I think it's called city state. Okay. And he decided to just make it pure anarchy. And he thought it was going to be a bunch of wealthy oligarchs and a bunch of poor people and drugs and gangs. And this video, he's a really funny YouTuber. It's a really, it's a really, really great video because he's shocked by what happens. And so you watch him play the game and you watch the game played by other people. And they're like, I think we need environmental regulations. Okay. Let's make sure we have housing for the poor. And you get a mix of poverty and pollution and you're fighting to keep things going. So he decides he's going to have no regulations, no taxes, and let people do whatever you want. And as the game progresses, there's no poverty anymore. Everyone's living in luxury. And he's going, what's happening? It literally says like, it says like capitalist oligarchy and there's no poor people. Everyone's homes are being built. That there's ski resorts everywhere. He's like, "Why are there so many ski resorts?" Yeah, but the poor people have been made into cold cuts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Just like, now they have value. The funny thing is, I guess the response you get from the left is that the game was clearly made by a capitalist. But in this simulator, all games are made by capitalists. It's a game. It's not a gulag. Exactly. I just think leisure is a function of capitalism. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Explain. Explain. Come on. You, you, what, you, what do you need to explain? Like, Communists don't play baseball? No. <laughs> First of all, baseball, no. Baseball is a West, Western contrivance. But the point is when you have a – Contrivance. It is. Yeah, they yeah. they think it's a waste of time because it's not working for the culture. Uh, and and it's, I, I forget why they specifically hated baseball, but that, maybe because it was too American. But yeah, when you have these states where you're supposed to be working for your fellow man, any spare time, that means that's time you're taking away from poor people and hungry people. You, you know, need to be working. Yeah, they particularly you know, attributed leisure to specialization, yeah. which came from capitalism. You know that in North Korea, there are people whose job is to be a skateboarder. I've never heard of North Korea. Never heard of it. <laughs> no. Uh, so there's this place. It's a. Uh, it's part of a peninsula. Right? You mean like an island? A place? Uh, it's, it's not an island. It's a peninsula. Okay. All right. And the northern part is, you know, basically it's communist. And but uh, in this place, there are people who are told they have to skate every day by the government. Are they competitive? Uh, competitive. Yeah. yeah. And so they compete 
you know, I, I guess it's the idea. I don't know that they have the ability or I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I've just seen the photos and like I've read it in skateboarding magazines about the communists who are like mandated to be skateboarders. Well, let me break this down a little bit because as you guys know, I wrote a book on North Korea, Dear Reader. So it's not – I mean this is com- something that's taken a little bit out of context. Athletes are in a country that's as poor as North Korea, as small as North Korea, is a great way to have reverence on the world stage because they're saying, look, we're tiny North Korea. We're the size of – well, they wouldn't use this example, the size of Pennsylvania, and we're taking on Russia. We're taking on the United – the you know, wicked – U- the wicked U.S. imperialists and, and the Jap. I can't even finish the sentence because it's a slur. So this is a great... And also, if you're coming from nothing, now it's your chance to be a hero of the entire nation. So they are very... This is a big thing during the Olympics with the Cold War. This is a very uh, common mechanism for these states. Cuba. Uh, I talk to people who know people in the UFC who think they engage in these kind of super soldier experiments on kids uh, to be, make these athletes who are later growing up to be UFC fighters because this is their me- and East German. The East yeah. German women's swim team were all on a certain type of steroid. <laughs> and the, they asked the coach, they go, why do they all have such deep voices? And the coach said, they came here to swim, not to sing. <laughs> this was the quote wow. Wow, so this man. is very common in these uh, uh centralized countries where you are basically becoming a hero because it's kind of, it's not expensive to become a great skateboarder well don't you think that there's a uh, i'm surprised that skateboarding is a thing there to be honest because that's such a capitalist bougie thing it's entering the olympics okay it was, it was i didn't realize like, a yeah, skateboarding yeah. was an olympic event well it's it's i think the first it's it's first olympic event is going to be coming up in china okay, that's why okay and china. over the past decade it's been a huge point of contention for skateboarders because I mean, skateboarders become, for a long time, very corporate, mainstream, cookie cutter. And that's kind of a bummer. Like, a lot of the best, for a while now, a lot of the best skateboarders kind of just like, where's the fun? Where's the wild? Where's the anarchy? Where's the punk rock? Sure. It's still there, for sure. Well, look at Green Day. Same thing with punk rock itself. It becomes gap punk. Sorry, Billy Joe. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, definitely. Dookie was good. In but I mean, we're, I was but listen, listen. You, you love Dookie, Ian. I love you listen. You listen to- <laughs> Ian always loves Dookie. Dude, I love what you said, Michael, about decentral- centralized government and because the united states is kind of decentralized like states in many rule. ways yeah. the cops in a state can be like get out of here to the feds if they come and try and bust up their state laws and that's very exciting to me that we yeah i mean you you have i think ohio basically said to the atf like we're not going to enforce federal uh, gun laws i think west virginia just passed something similar where they're all basically saying even though the atf says that they'll enforce these laws you can't do anything about it I went, I went to the ATS website reading about bump stocks because of this new uh, court ruling that said a bump stock is not a machine gun. And they still say, no, you cannot have it. So I do find it interesting when California was legalized medicinal marijuana, the DEA still came in and raided these shops. Mm-hmm. So it is interesting that you can be in your state and know that you're safe from your state, basically. The feds still come in. Yeah, I was there for that in, in L.A. And it, that was a big fear <laughs> a lot of times that the feds would come and raid one of those shops. Yep. And they did. I watched videos of it. And there were times that the local cops would be like, get out of here. But I mean, it was the feds. Yeah. Yep. It's a weird, uh, that's I a mean, weird, what, 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 a weird challenge. What are your thoughts? Cause I mean, you're coming from a position of, of anarchy. When, I, when you have a state say it's legal to do these things and the feds say we're going to come in and bust them up anyway. I think that's, that's wonderful. I mean, I think anytime <laughs> you have this kind of power versus power, it just shows you that law is a myth. And all law means is what the, the, what people don't appreciate is law only works if you have the will to enforce it. So a lot of times things become legal, not because some politicians went in and changed the law, but because there was no political will to enforce it. Same thing with the lockdowns. At a certain point, it's Cuomo said this. I got paid to, to read his book and he says in the book, I repeatedly, 
He says, I knew unless I got compliance from the voluntary compliance from the vast majority of the population, there was no way I could put this in place. So he's like, it was important for me to murder the elderly, but also to explain to the population why we're putting these things into place so that they would feel comfortable doing this. So this is the big uh, uh, misconception is that uh, versus 1984 versus Brave New World, so much of authoritarianism is not a function of a gun to your head like they have in North Korea. It's a function of uh, the televangelists like John Oliver and Rachel Maddow on your TV every Bl- night. Prothero. Yeah, of course. Telling you this is good. People who don't do this are bad and evil or stupid. And good people behave in a certain way. And then you don't have to have the cost of enforcing compliance. Cultural. But then yes. don't you think at a certain point, you know, we're, we're talking about leisure. You end up with too much ignorance, weakness, laziness, and people well, who this just- This is, I think, the strongest criticism of capitalism and i've come up with it and i don't have a good answer we're this comes from the paleo kind of uh, um, diet and, and mindset if you get to a point where maslow's hierarchy of needs has been taken care of meaning you don't have to worry about where the next meal is going to come from you don't have to worry about the roof over your head you don't have to worry about your health really your brain is still wired to think in, in terms of resource scarcity. Our brains are still in terms of get more, get more, get more. And if you don't actually have problems in an evolutionary sense where no predator is going to eat you, you have plenty of food, you have shelter, your brain is going, uh, in, this is my hypothesis, is going to find problems to validate its emotion in the same way that depression, anxiety, people don't realize this, the emotion comes first, the depression, the anxiety, then your brain tells you, Oh, you're depressed because you don't have a job. There's plenty of people who don't have a job who aren't depressed. It's just your mind tells you exactly what it needs to do to validate this emotion to perpetuate itself. It's like in The Matrix when Smith tells, I think he's talking to Morpheus, and he says, we gave you paradise and your brain rejected it. Yes. It's exactly it. And I've talked about, I talked about this before. Several years ago, I did a segment where I said, um, our generation has lost purpose. And one of the reasons, and it's why one of the reasons uh, Jordan Peterson was such a threat to the left because yeah. you had these kind of two factions I saw that were large factions, not necessarily the parent factions, the woke left, the social justice warriors, etc. people without purpose. They found their religion. It was their fight that must be fought, and it gave them reason for being. It also gave them status, because if Absolutely. I am a lowest status white person, this is the only metric I have by assuming dominance over somebody else. I can be violently anti-racist and have something to hold over somebody else. I can't compete with them on any other level. So you, you end up with also, also follower counts where sure. they build followers. On the other side, you had listless young men, you know, sitting in their basements playing video games. Well, this was good because it was the demon. It was the enemy. It was the villain for many of these woke people to point at them and call them bigot, bigots. Jordan Peterson came along and gave these people purpose, responsibility. He told them, find the heaviest thing you can carry and carry it. Not that the guy's perfect, but a lot of people then started, you know, hearing this message of self-help and that kind of, it, it not only and independence. Absolutely. Meaning you're, it's coming from inside instead of the people around you. And that's dangerous because they're the ones who are around you. And they want to recruit from a pool of purposeless individuals. Yes. But if people found purpose from within and they no long, longer found purpose from being accepted by a cult, well, then they, then they created actual resistance. So Jordan Peterson had to be villainized in every capacity. It was incredible to watch his interviews with, I think, Kathy Newman particularly, where she was like, dumbfoundedly confused at what he was doing she just didn't understand your why are you giving them perp- like so you're saying why? she's a nazi so what i'm saying is she no i wouldn't um <laughs> look at this guy but, looking at but me. she was well, i'm gonna be on jordan peter's show, show on monday <laughs> and it's gonna be very exciting oh, oh yeah yes um it, but she her confusion and was I will like be kathy newman and him like why 
Why was I'm she? Not kidding. The fact that she was confused was was really weird. Was she, she, really she wasn't she confused didn't though. Get it? Like what? she was perceiving things in that made sense in her context. Oh yeah, yeah. From her, she was translating. Yeah, she was thinking he's inarticulate. Right. Because he's awkwardly saying what she agrees with already. She's incapable of perceiving other... The number of people who are incapable of the slightest bit of empathy is through the roof. They are absolutely incapable of seeing other perspectives. There are people who tell you the straight face, why would you be interested in knowing what Osama bin Laden wanted? And it's like... Well, if you want to destroy an enemy, don't you at least want to know their motivation? And that makes no sense then. They think if you're reading what bin Laden wanted, therefore you agree with him. And it's like, that's not even the implication at all. No, Well, that's why they want to ban all these books. Yes. These, look, this is one of the biggest challenges we face. People who just, I I wonder if we're seeing a separate, midwits is maybe not the right word, but maybe the right word. Right. So people who are, what is it, slightly above average? 115 IQ, slightly above average. But not smart enough. Right. We were it's talking like someone, about this. Let's interrupt you. It's like a guy who's 5'11". He's tall in that he's above average. There's no circumstance where his height would be noticeable or of interest. But are, so if you're marginally intelligent, you might be the smartest person in the group, but no one will ever be impressed by your mind. So mind. We, were, we were talking about this earlier. Uh, in the George Floyd <clears throat> case, there's a video where the cop is walking George Floyd out of, uh, out of uh, you know, he's walking him down the street, whether there's surveillance footage. And the cop says something like, you've got foam on your mouth. Are you on something? And Floyd says, no, nothing, man. Then he's like, but why do you have foam on your mouth? And Floyd says, I was hooping earlier. Hoops, shooting hoops. It's a reference to basketball. PBS reported this as, you know, he'd been playing basketball. Maybe he got dehydrated, whatever that means. Well, Jack Posobiec posted this. And as a joke, I pulled up the Urban Dictionary definition, specifically highlighting hooping is a reference to smuggling narcotics up your, you know, your... Well, that's not, you know, your rear end. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In a bag. The behind. Exterior. And so on the Urban Dictionary post, it says, get your hoop and mug because whatever word you search for, they tell you to buy the merch for it. So I made a joke in response to him because I've been very si- silly on Twitter saying, don't forget to buy your hoop and mug. And then I showed the Urban Dictionary thing. And these leftists were like, Tim is so dumb. He doesn't know that hooping means basketball. Oh and another God. person was like, for someone who claims to be from the city, it's shocking. And I said, you guys are the kind of people that thought I was serious when I said impeach the queen. Yes. When we have people like that, they're active in the, in, in the conversation, but not smart enough to perceive their sarcasm or humor or maybe the nuance to the conversation. And they vote on these, these, these ideas. It's like when you, when you mentioned they didn't want to understand Osama bin Laden. Sure. The similarity I see there is that their only thought is smash with club. Like they see a bad guy Correct. and they go, hit with club, hit with club. And so when someone makes a joke, they go, that's the same thing as the bad guy. Hit with club, hit with club. And you're like, there's a whole bunch of com- complex nuance and jokes and humor. And they lack the capability to but understand and perceive Isn't this, this a huge source of optimism? That it's <laughs> No, but think, I'm not kidding. All the dumb people. Yeah, but think about it. Who would you rather go against, Skynet exactly. or a bunch of guys with clubs? Yeah. Oh, this is a no-brainer. <laughs> so, Tim, you've correctly identified it. Although they're not a behind their keyboards, although they're on Twitter, they're not literally dressed like Fred Flintstone. You're dealing with thousands, millions of people whose only mindset to an opponent is smash with clubs. Clubs aren't clubs are such a bad weapon. They're not even in clue. So <laughs> yeah, this is a gr- this is why I'm so optimistic <clears throat> about the future because you innocently just now correctly identified the nature of the enemy, and this isn't some great uh, Terminator from the future. This is Fred Flintstone. Mm-hmm. Yes, but there are people who are smart 
who have realized without principle, they don't have any, didn't have any to begin with, they can weaponize the hive and use it as a weapon. Correct. They can weaponize it. But humans run the country and the world and not bees. So I agree with you. Bees are dangerous and bees can kill people. And they're not something to be taken lightly, even in terms of insects. I'm not being facetious at all. But at a certain point, it's like there's a ceiling. There's only so much you could do with bees. Yeah, you could have dogs that shoot bees out of their mouth, but other than that, it's... it's you yeah, can but, also but, but look, pacify the hive. When, yeah. Perhaps you can be smart. You can throw a wrench in the spokes. You can figure things Make out. Music, fun but, games. But there's substantially... Or you could become the queen. Maybe we all are. But how do you become the queen of a hive of people who... Well, you're going to need some blush, power, baby. some eyeliner, take eyelashes. The people who become the queen are the emotional manipulators. They have no principles. Well, or at least you could care. have principles yeah. and be an emotional manipulator. Yeah, you could. It's called a wife. I suppose then what you're saying is we as smart individuals should recognize. I that didn't say we were smart individuals. Let's not put words in my mouth. <laughs> okay. okay. So what you're saying is <laughs> those who now have you're the Captain Newman. So what you're principles. saying is you're. So what you're saying, Michael, so what you're is saying that you're, is that you're, you're a drone. <laughs> yeah. So what we should do then is live like lobsters. Yeah, yeah. Should we then speak honestly to those who we feel as perceptive and understanding, but then lie to the dumb masses to control them to gain power? No. I think we should be honest that we're going to try He's asking and me what manipulate I'm saying. them. Okay, Michael, you answer this. <laughs> Take it. No, what Michael is saying is, no, Ian, I do want to hear so your response. Oh, um, I think we just honestly acknowledge that we are going to manipulate people with the I'm psychic do power and do it for righteousness and be honest about our own faults. No, I would say, and uh, Hotep Jesus has this quote, which is not particularly uh, unique to him, to realize you're behind enemy lines. Study what the communists did back in the 20s and 30s. Study what gay people had to do for decades. And figure out how to pass. So when you're talking to someone who's, uh, it, this sounds like the cop hit with club. Once you've identified you're dealing with that kind of person, you talk to them in a certain way. Once you're dealing with people who are slightly red pilled, whether they're on the far left, like Jimmy Dore or somewhere else, you know, you could have a conversation and it's going to go somewhere. So w the big mistake people have, and this is a function of going to a government school where everyone's treated as one class, both in the literally a class, but also the same kind of population is thinking everyone thinks like you and everyone's wired like you. They're not. Wow. So you have to realize, yeah, there are some bees and there are some wasps. Wasps aren't bees at all. They're actually ants. And realize, okay, I'm dealing with this kind of thing. I have to address them in a certain way. If I'm dealing with somebody else, I have to address them in a, a different way. And that's just, and uh, gay people do this for a long time. Communists had to do this in a very long time. And black people had to do this. Mulattoes, this has happened in the 1920s, the Harm Renaissance. These are things that you have to study and figure out. And, and figure out, and here's the other thing, because they're not bright, they're very big on picking up words. That's why uh, the term for African-American used to be Afro-American and then previous ones, which I don't even know if I can say anymore. The point is they kept changing these terms because they would know as they roll out the new term, if you're using new language, you're part of the in-group. So it's very easy. Just adopt their language when you need to to pass. And they'll it'll be like, like Terminator. They see you use the right terms. They'll leave you alone to move on. And then you could just go about your business. And it's well, not easy to do, but they've had a long, they're playing the long con and they've had over a hundred years at this. That's a so my, 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 my understanding of this stuff, having been in it for like 10 years, you're right. I've, I've talked with some activists and made some points, legitimate points based on their own ideology and caused people on Facebook to back down and apologize. Notably, like there was an argument, a legitimate political argument that I was having on Facebook. This was like a year or two ago where one person was basically talking about social justice and race issues and critical race theory. And I started arguing against this, saying freedom, liberty, et cetera. 
And they were like, you don't understand. When I pointed out, as everybody knows the meme, that Tim Pool is actually mixed race, they immediately apologized and started arguing with me and agreeing with me because their own ideology essentially dictated it. When I said, if it is uh, incumbent upon the minority to define their experience with racism to white, you know, white supremacists and, and white privilege, then I'm requesting that you right now as a, as a white person hear me and recognize my opinions based on my experience. And they said, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. I guess you're right. Yeah. And so it's particularly insulting. But I said that to make a point about their own. If you truly believe this, then wouldn't you then agree with me and argue with me? And they said, actually, yeah, I will. But they don't truly believe anything. They're right. just using, they don't use language the same use, way you use language. I talked about this with James Lindsay, who was on my show. You're welcome this week. They use language as a form of asserting status and dominance. So at a certain point, you have to realize there's no mind there and there's not really a point in engaging. It's just power games. And what right. do you need power games for when you don't want to be part of the beehive? I don't want to be a part of that stupid game. I don't, I don't look, I worked for nonprofits and the thing is you are part of it. It's social order. And it, the, what you're explaining, Michael, is, is basically, no, 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 you misunderstand from, and, and, and you got let me hard times so so my okay. point was what we're being described told to do is when we're in their system because we're behind enemy lines we need to just speak their language and i won't do that i did that at nonprofits. they said here's how you communicate with people i understood the sale i understood the pitch and there are some circumstances where i'll put it this way i'll be polite you know i was at a bar recently and someone told me they were a huge fan of kamala harris and instead of saying like yeah kamala harris is so great i was like i am not a fan but i'll be polite i don't want to you know get into any contentious you know arguments over why and uh, she asked me, like, no, what do you think? And I was like, and Kamala Harris kept, you know, minorities kept in prison beyond their sentence to use as dollar an hour slave labor for wi fighting wildfires. I think that's wrong. I'm willing to say it. I get it. it's going to offend their delicate sensibilities, but I don't I don't I don't I don't care to do that. But what's well, the upside of engaging with this person? Um, the, I, I, I want to keep out any specific details, but there was. OK, that's different. OK, but I'm saying in general, if there's someone at a bar and they're like, I love Kamala Harris, unless you're trying to take her to bed, it's just like, OK, lady, I don't care what you think. No, but there's issues of instances of business relationships. That's very different. That's you're, very different. You're talking to someone and trying to figure out if you can work with someone. And if they come out and say these things, my simple answer is I'm not going to do business. I think with yeah. the behind enemy lines metaphor <clears throat> makes me think of hard times make strong men. Yeah. These when you're in a desperate fighting for survival situation, you have to use their language. And we don't have that in this society because we haven't been in hard times. So we're like, you know, I'm not going to play that game. But it's like, this is a fight for our lives. This is this daily grind is real. And people are dying on the street. People's houses are getting burned. And that's just in the United States. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if this is true or not, but I remember being told when I was a kid, the symbol of the fish, where it came from. And there's a bunch of, you the know, Jesus fishing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's stories about like Jesus and two fish. And then there's sure. the, the dawning of the age of Pisces. And I things thought like that, that was Dr. Seuss. Sorry. One fish, two fish. Uh, <laughs> fish but so, what someone told me is that what they would do is because Christians were, were persecuted, when they met someone, they would draw a curved line in front of them. And if the other person finished a curved line, it would make the shape of a fish. And they knew that it was safe to talk to them about, about what they believed. I don't know if that's actually true or not. I just was told that by some religious folk when I was like very young about how it was like they had to keep this a secret. And so they would draw the fish symbol between each other. And that's like, it's an, it's an interesting idea of what you were mentioning about what people have to do to learn and navigate systems right. where they're basically outgroup and threatened and they could be destroyed. And, and also there's a huge asymmetry between cost, cost and benefit. You know what I mean? Like the benefit of this person is, is very low, but the cost could be your life. So you really need to figure out how to do the dance. I mean, for me, I'm going to mind my own business and I'm going to keep speaking how I want to speak and I'm going to tell everyone to F off. And then if they come for me, you know what? I don't know, whatever. That can if, work like, too. If it comes to the point where YouTube's media. like, you can no longer say that like Tim Pool, you know, you, you can, it is now banned to defend Kyle Rittenhouse. I'll be like, yeah, I'm banned. 
Yeah, ever, everyone, Twitch did it. Twitch did it. You literally can't defend Kyle Rittenhouse on Twitch. Is that right? So we had Destiny on the show, and he's a yeah. leftist, and we had, we, we, we had a debate. He's very much into critical race theory. He was banned from the partner program for defending Kyle Rittenhouse. He's a leftist guy, and he said it was the clearest case of self-defense I've ever seen. They banned him from the partner program. Well, Twitch is owned by Amazon, and yep. Amazon runs the servers for Twitter, so maybe we'll see some yeah, Twitter activity, activity in that vein. But I, so I, I'm happen. also very hopeful that now that so many people are aware of what Amazon's power is in this in this context, you think of Amazon as products, you don't think of it as running servers and booting off um, Gab. What was, it, what was the other one? Sorry, Parler. Parler. Uh, that there are, there already, I'm sure, are people in place who are like, okay, we need to create workarounds so Amazon can never do this again yeah and it's just gonna be a matter of a couple of years at most in my opinion oh yeah i would love a we, decentralized yeah but i mean oh, we're, we're talking about doing it am i wrong that there's lots of people who are trying no, to you're work right about okay that. yeah how about we go to super chats my friends if you haven't already smash that like button seriously do it it helps if you're listening on itunes or spotify leave us a good review give us five stars and go to timcast.com become a member because we're gonna have a bonus segment for members only coming up at the after this show usually around 11 when we get it up but uh, also don't forget to share this show on youtube subscribe we're so close to 1 million subscribers, we're like 10K away and uh, would love to break it with uh, all of your help, everybody who's watching. What, what is this? What? I, agree. I was just excited. Oh, yeah, we're so close. close. Me and Michael yeah, made so eye contact. Yeah, yeah. It, was, <laughs> it was a moment. We're on it. And then they get, they, they, the YouTube will send us that gold gold yes, award, which, and then we'll be banned in a month, but we'll oh, see. Yes. I just want that right. gold thing. Smash that like button. Let's read these super chats. Let's see what y'all got saying. What, what y'all got going on. What y'all got saying. I don't even know what I'm What do they like best about me? There you go. Uh, please, everyone, super chat what you like uh, best about Michael Malice. <laughs> that is important. Uh, you know, I got a bunch of emails from people that said what I like best about Michael Malice is, and we actually hired a guy because of it. Good. I hope he had a good answer. <laughs> he did have a good answer. Last what was his answer? Like, I, uh, I don't remember. Um, that it wasn't good. <laughs> no, it was. You remember it if it was good. But it was also interesting that many of these people saw you tweet this. You know, so for those that don't understand the context, there was a. Uh, I think you, 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 uh, you, you, um. Reference someone we should hire. I recommended a, a his, recommendation. His username's Lockout Days on YouTube. And then you said, you know, the email better say what I like best about Michael Malice is. And then I said, if we don't see that, we throw it in the trash as a joke. And then we got a small handful of people who are paying attention. So I was like, I, I, attention I, I, to detail is extremely underrated in terms of hiring. Being active if someone, in conversation. And if someone's being, I hate this word, being proactive about like, well, just in case he asked this question, let me give him an answer. That's someone who's ahead of the game. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they were paying attention. So I was like, that that shows this, this these these are you people who are likely active in the space. They know what's going on. They're following similar people. It's a good sign. Uh, all right, let's read some super, uh, read some super chats. I need to drink more water. Oh, yeah. Spencer Prudholm says, Tim, I'm still waiting on my tinfoil hat shirt. Any news when it comes out? Man, I am just, just dropping the ball on this one. The tinfoil hat, I'm a gorilla. Oh, yeah. I'll what, get it. I'll get it done. They can, what you can do is go to malishirts.com and get my COVID positive shirt. <laughs> oh. Can, so can you do, can you do me a favor and write down tinfoil hat gorilla so I remember? I just will write this down. I have the tinfoil hat in my house. Alex Jones. Alex tinfoil. Oh, yeah, it's in so the kitchen. We, we have a version of the gorilla wearing a tinfoil, tinfoil hat. hat. Okay. And we're going to make a, a, probably do it as like a limited edition. I, I think the Diamond Hands gorilla will be going away soon as well. The I'm a gorilla will be around forever. But I think, the special versions will only leave up for like I'm a month. Part or of so. meme history. Meme That's history. Sure. And let's give a shout out to the guy who made that video, Pink Trip. Which okay. one was that? The, 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 the I'm Gorilla video. The, when he made he made a little uh, a video of you and me and Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to use that as an ad to promote the show on YouTube and run that as an ad. Like, watch this. Yeah. And have people confused? Like, what? I'm, 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 I guess I'll click it. <laughs> I don't know what those videos are. Great, by yeah, the way. Yeah, they I are. Love that stuff. All right, let's read some He's more. He's never made one of me though. 
The curly Afro says, just like the states that paid blood and treasure to enter the union, so did Puerto Rico. For 104 years, we have paid the price of admission. We earned statehood. Statehood, por favor. By the way, apes together strong. Hey, there you that go. That's true. All right. A lot of people, some people shout out Tom McDonald. We'd love to have him on the show. We'll see if that happens. Make 1984 fiction again. He says, your four o'clock segment I mostly agreed with, but he was a criminal despite the fact that he was, he was a drug addict. Being addicted to drugs is not a disease. It's a choice. I was addicted to opiates for eight years, my brother for years, and he's no longer with us. I just think, I hear what you're saying. I think, okay, it's a crime, fine. But when you get detained, it should be like, we're bringing you to a clinic. We're not going to put you in a cell and we're not going to take away your rights. We want to make sure we can help you get through this. You know what I mean? And and I know this argument, but it's not always an informed choice. Like you don't know, none of us in this room, I can't speak for you guys. None of us know what it's like to go through withdrawal from heroin. So you might know theoretically, sorry, you might know theoretically, okay, withdrawal really sucks. But unless you've like, here's a parallel example, that's not going to be as political. Uh, Unless you've had to deal with suicidal ideation, you're not going to understand what that feels like. None. I mean, God forbid, I hope none of you ever had to deal with that. Go ahead. And I have to interject here uh, because I worked in a cardiac unit and I worked with people who were withdrawing from multiple different drugs, including alcohol. They actually closed down a ward close to my house because too many babies were being born there that were already addicted to heroin. Uh, You don't know what hand you're dealt. You don't know what people are dealing with. And past a certain point, it is a physiological dependency. Yeah, we we, we got a very, very important super chat here from Jem R. Wow. Serious stuff. He says, for malice, looking dapper. Enjoyed his chat with James James Lindsay recently, too. Looking dapper, uh, Michael. Thank you. Oh, I love it. MK Painter says, Michael, tell me your best radio-free Armenia joke. Is that going to get us in trouble or what is that? I don't know what that means. I'm not right, Armenian. I'm from Ukraine. <laughs> radio-free Armenia. Hmm. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be gl- I don't know what that means. Hmm. Socratic Disciple says, Tim, your idea about preventing people from funding candidates outside their district is flawed. Just give money to a relative who lives in that area and have them make the donation for you. Aha. But that is actually a felony. Oh. Yeah. You, if, you, if you try to donate to a candidate, well, if you donate to a candidate, and then I'm like, okay, now we'll give Ian money. Now Ian can do it. It's called a felony. Isn't that what happened to Dinesh D'Souza? It happens to a lot of people because basically yeah. the limit's pretty lower. It was. And then 20- it's like- 800? Yeah, so if it's 2800, I'll just find, I'll be a bundler or whatever. I think this is what they're doing. I'll find 10 people. I'll write out the $28,000 check and just put down their names. So this was a workaround, but this is not something that they got away with. Yeah, no, it's a crime to do that. So I, I definitely think, like, I think the gist of the conversation, especially after sleeping on it, we talked about it. My current position is I do think it's a problem that a handful of billionaires can suppress the will of so many people. I just don't know what this what the solution is because it's way too much of a complicated problem. Let's have a long There's conversation no if I ever come on because this is something that is very complicated and I don't know that there is an alternative. We can and do I don't know that person. and I don't know that the millions of people have a will. Ooh, spicy. I'm turned off by popularity contests, yeah. especially when it comes to running the show. Especially cuz I keep losing them. <laughs> You'll win, Michael. You'll win. <laughs> AJ says, hey, Tim, first time super chatter. Look into Smartland's cryptocurrency built off the Stellar platform. Right on. Dez says, told my friend I got red-pilled last summer. Out of curiosity, he Googled it and thought I became a misogynist and white supremacist despite being Mexican. Where's the lie? Yeah. <laughs> that was the article. No lies detected. <laughs> you got, you got, I mean, that's why I don't like saying red-pilled. I just say, you know, a realization. Man, I, found, I realized the media wasn't telling me the truth. It's an easy way to put and it. And a red That's pill. not the same as a red pill, though. Well, how would you describe it? 
Uh, being red pilled. Let me let's see if I can quote my book accurately. Oh, being red pilled is the realization that is what is presented by fact by the corporate press isn't is in actuality a carefully designed narrative and de- uh, meant to keep some very unpleasant people in power. Yeah. Butters Oregano says two things. Malice needs a beanie that matches his tie. Hold on, dip- hold on, hold on. What what is this? You get a super chat and you get two things. One thing per chat. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got the wallets. Open them up. He says, Malice needs a beanie that matches his tie. And the difference between a fiscal elite using their money to buy advertisements and someone watching your show is the choice to watch your show versus being forced to visually imbibe the propaganda. Okay. Orion Nero says, how far do you guys believe they'll try pushing the censorship nonsense? Who could say what when they're eating each other alive for the power? As far as they can. The yeah, only Crowder thing didn't break any rules. The only thing that stops it is going to be counterpower. That's just inertia. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah, that's another. So, uh, why wouldn't they? They're clearly totalitarian in their worldview. Like, there's, there's, they make no bones about it. Any country, and if something bad is happening anywhere on earth, it's uh, somehow their business. So there's no limits. What? We got a big super it's chat? A big one. We got, that's not a big one. It's just one of the best. Oh. Is it Adrian? Hi, the Adrian. Best, no. <laughs> Bug HQ for us says, I own a cricket farm in NC named Bug HQ. Please check us out for your reptile food guys, Tim. I'd love to send you some free crickets Ooh. for Chicken City. Yes. It's fun to watch them attack a few hundred. Absolutely. Wow. We will be reaching out to you, I'm Bug. Write this why would HQ. you why would you want to pay those exorbitant cricket prices for something the <laughs> farmer probably spit in? <laughs> what? That's a fair point. That was, a whole, that was an old Simpsons joke about oysters. Oh, about Cri- <laughs> crickets are so expensive. <laughs> the farmer probably spit in. Oh man, what back when Simpsons were good? Bug yeah. HQ. That was when there was a plague that hit Springfield, the Osaka flu in Montreal. Yeah, 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 yeah. The juicer. Yeah. Graf von Tirol says, it's a complete disgrace that we're more likely to get more matter-of-fact news about America from British and Australian news sources. Mm. Al Jazeera, too. But why is that a disgrace? I'm going to – okay, this this triggered me a little bit. You are expect – you are being blue-pilled. If if so, it's like when the the guy's a player and he tells the girl, "I'm not a player, baby. I, I just want to get to know you." Of course, the corporate press is going to tell you, "We're honest. We're here to tell you the news about America." Why would you believe them at face value? Good question. It's I'm sorry. I just I just right. saw a super chat and oh, I, no. I'm just losing it. Distracted. All right. Pops Vindaloo says rabbit butt cut. <laughs> what? We were talking about oh, rabbits butt. eating their own poop. Butt cut. And so he super chatted <laughs> rabbit butt cut. RBC. <laughs> Oh man, rabbits are gross. They're not easy to care for. A lot of people think they are. And they're not friendly. No, they're not. And they're always panicky. Mm. Skittish. Amy Sedaris is always into rabbits as pets. All right, let's see. I can't. This is in Cyrillic, I think. I can't read it. I know how to read it. Uh, It says, You will die in a fiery plane crash. Iren, the backwards N, backwards N. A N E K. I can't read it when you're reading in English. What is Back, this, Helen? Ke- backwards are <laughs> that means a yeah. circle with a line through it. I'm kidding. I don't know. Uh, so they, they say, and it says rubles. What insane historical trivia will we get today from Michael? Maybe some opinions on Batco Machno. Machno? Musla? I don't know. M-A-C what? M-A-K-H-N-O. H. Mach. Batco? Batco? I don't. I, I'd have to see it. In, my, my, I only learned how to read Russian in college, so oh. I, I'm very bad at it. Well, they just wasted their rubles. No, there <laughs> you go. J Max says, I had opioids prescribed to me for back pain following a military work accident. Your body starts to build a resistance to the prescribed yeah. amount, and yeah. it feels like you have to take more just to ease the pain. I had to stop taking them just to spare my body permanent damage. 
wise move. I was I was given Percocets. I took one and it was just like floating on a cloud, man. It's like the, you said. Yeah, it I was took like methadone once. This is Everything not an was, endorsement of taking no, Percocets. No, no, I'm telling you this no, is a This is the yeah, danger yeah. of taking Percocets. Yeah. Horror kids. story. And so I said the pain's I'd rather have the pain. Absolutely. You're good here's oh. the thing. You're gonna have the pain now or you're gonna have it later. Right. So you'd rather pay the little pain now than the, the years of paying on that mortgage. Yep. And hey, THC and medical marijuana is such a blessing, I think, that this country has yet to fully adopt. But it also is a painkiller. It's like a natural homeopathic. What do you know about weed? I've heard about it. <laughs> Check this out. This <laughs> I read about it. In hey, this is a really important point uh, someone brought up in Super Chat we didn't get to. I did mention this on my 4 o'clock segment. The purpose of pleading the fifth could be because he sold the drugs that could possibly have caused the overdose death of George Floyd. Oh, sure. He could be charged with manslaughter, especially if there's an acquittal of Chauvin. That actually is third degree murder, oh, I believe. Sure. If you, uh, so I read oh. through the laws. It says if you supply someone with a, a substance, a controlled substance that results in their death, you, it's a murder charge. He pled the fifth because the defense is going for he died from the overdose and they were probably going to be like, and he did it. Uh, I'm not a lawyer, none of us are, but I'm going to just throw this out there because this is something I thought was pretty standard practice. You plead the fifth. What happens when they give you immunity? Can't they force you to yes. testify? Yep. So this might just have been a pause. Right. So they'll offer him immunity and then he'll be forced, he'll be subpoenaed and forced to testify. And then the defense will say, did you sell him these drugs? And then he'll look to the jury and say, reasonable doubt. By the way, I also want to point out this speaks to the anarchist idea that equality under the law is a complete lie, because if there was equality under the law, there's no such thing as forcing someone to testify because you can't acquit them of a crime just because you want to get somebody else. Yeah. Everyone has to be tried or no one. Right. Gray Gian, uh, Gianikos, first super chat, might as well be on my birthday. Happy birthday, Gray. The province of BC has decided to shut down indoor yep. dining, so my family business in a town of 4,000 people has to pay for the rise in case numbers, predominantly in the big cities. P.S. Trevor sucks. Who's Trevor? Oh, he sucks. Yeah, he's the worst. That's he? what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> I just now heard that, yes. Trevor. Oh, God. I don't ever want to hear his name again. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to read the super chat. out. I'm going to read the super chat. Well, that's your you job. Might, but you might not be happy about it. Well, then you'll be very unhappy about it. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Great. I'm reading it anyway. Eric Miller says, so, Michael, you say we didn't deserve Donald Trump. Now, do we deserve Joe Biden? Okay. Oh, God, Eric. God, help me. Uh, uh, <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sure. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't read the last part. Oh, there's I'm more? That. Okay. I didn't say. Oh, God okay. It, God damn it, Eric. You're worse than Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're ready, you ready for the last? Uh, I don't think I am. Also, love the Clark Kent look you got going on. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that either. Yeah, that part what? I don't get. Yeah, I don't get that yeah. part. Um, my quote, which Tim has picked up on very well, and Lydia as well, and I'm assuming Ian, is whenever I have a Trump tweet, or now he's the press releases, I say we don't deserve him. That could be read as <laughs> he's awful, or like we don't deserve or this, awesome. or that he's awesome. <laughs> and it's intentionally both, <laughs> because he it. is awful in many ways, and he is awesome in other ways. There you go. All right. Alex Moore says. And no, we don't deserve a president or any government. <laughs> I like well, that. Well, you do. Deserve you it. do. What's his name? Alex? Eric. 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 Yeah. Eric. You're worse than Trevor. You deserve Gitmo. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> Governors wow. to Gitmo.com. <laughs> All right. Alex Moore says, this super chat is for your members only rant on not backing down last night. It was absolutely awesome. When does the dating site kick off? I don't think we're going to make a tin cast dating site. <laughs> but no uh, yeah, I got mad. That. I was yelling. Was I was good. just like. I'm so sick of I, I, growing up in Chicago and seeing people just abuse and beat. It's just like, 
it's very much just like a superhero movie where you watch the villain beating down the poor people and the hero comes in and he makes him stop. And I'm like, nah, dude, there's no superheroes here. The, uh, <coughs> I don't know. What there's one. <laughs> Villains are real, <laughs> but the superheroes are only on TV. That means you have to stand up to these people. And if everybody yes. did, things would be different. It'd be very different if people were just brave enough. Can, uh, first of all, I think that's a, that's the my favorite thing I've heard you say today. And I'm going to build on that to another point. I've given a couple of talks to young kids about networking. And one of the, my favorite piece of advice to give them, I say, if you know someone is having their birthday and they're not doing anything, take them out for dinner and do it for selfish reasons. And the audience laughs and I go, I'm serious because the guy who takes people out for their birthday is awesome. You could be that person. Yeah. All it's costing you is 30 bucks, 40 bucks. You have that power. Maybe you're not going to be literally Superman, but you could still be a better version of yourself. And when you're a better version of yourself, happiness and success follows, and everyone has that capacity. The only a few, almost, only, except only, for Trevor, he's garbage. Yeah. I know, isn't oh, it the wow. worst? <laughs> I read that. There, in the there's, book. there's, look, you know, there's only a, a few people who would ever live up to like the strength of Superman. You know what I mean? There's just like a small, very few, very Supergirl, few. Supergirl, the Dev M, Bizarro, Streaky, <laughs> Comet, the Super I just Horse, mean figuratively, Monel, figuratively. Some people, some 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 people, they they try to uh, claim or 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 masquerade, perhaps. Yeah, but as someone as great as every once, in but a while, they're deceivers and manipulators. Yeah, every and once liars. in a while, you get one person. You sound like Martin Luther, <laughs> <laughs> and they're lies. <laughs> well, I'll just tell you this, man. You got to be careful about the 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 false superheroes. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, who, who brandish themselves the, the idols of the heroes. You mean prophets. you mean Sully? Sully, yeah, the, the failed Mahamadatta. Oh, I don't know. No, the pilot. Know. Oh, that's right, right. He couldn't yeah. fly yeah, the plane or whatever. Yeah. Plane he, the... he wanted to fly into the Empire State Building, and he had to land oh, into a river. Okay, East sense. River. All right. Yes, I see some calling me. And he's a stutterer. Me, uh, some people call me a dim fool, which is always, uh, uh, always, is always original and, and unique. Sonny James says, I'd love to argue about cultural issues, but I beg you, Tim or Michael, please do a segment on biosurveillance and the powerful interests involved in backing TSA 2.0, the new fake war on germs. Oh, that's a great topic. That 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 was a great topic. Thank you. I yeah. mean, it's a long, long conversation. We'd have to do some research. And ben but this Stewart. is very smart. Ne- this is next gen totalitarianism. I would like to watch you guys with Ben Stewart talk about that. He has a lot of research on that. Have you uh, Have you ever talked with Jimmy Dore? Have like you done a show with him? Uh, we, we follow each other. Um, I've slid into his DMs. No reply. Ah, bummer. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy's D. Jimmy's a good dude. I uh, know. I'm a Jimmy. fan. Um, I've I, I've talked to him periodically. I've been on his show. I just that think, must be nice. Yeah, well, you know, see so, uh, us, uh, us, you know, people up here in the clouds. Uh-huh. You mean like me and Jordan? Sometimes don't. Oh. I call him Jordan now. Jordan. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. <laughs> Sorry, Dim Fool. No, oh, no time yeah. for the. <laughs> He's Dim. <laughs> <Not tired. laughs> Dim Fool. Not a Michael. Get all those beanies off your bed, asshole. <laughs> I love, I love oh, Pim Tool and Dim Fool, because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know what the best of those is? Tronal Dump. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said that. I'm like, oh, my God, this is actually clever. But you know what? You know, it's funny to me. Like when I see people tweet Pim Tool or Dim Fool or whatever, or Tim Pool is a Dim Fool. It's just like seeing chickens cluck. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. clever. There's like there's like you you didn't say a thing to me. But I think it's that's very tongue in cheek and kind of ribbing you. It's not serious, right? No, a lot of the Pim Tool one is serious. Okay, but the, the, like, the Dim Fool is clearly fans of the show who are ribbing with you. No, 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 no. Like it's the left who started. I thought I thought that was because of my knock knock joke. 
I think it was. Oh, it's been on for a long time. Dim Fool, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought it was my joke. Okay, I'm, sh- I'm telling you a lot of those people are taking it for my joke. Oh, I, I, I think it's hilarious. It makes me laugh every time I see it. Yeah, you're I, a big, I, I you're, you're barrel left, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't understand... Um, I don't understand what it is about these like these leftists who when they they come at me on Twitter or they try and insult me that I think well, you know what I'm, I'm gonna stop. It's clear they're just saying it so their friends see it because it impacts me in like and it sometimes does nothing. they you know trust I mean? sure. you. I, 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 I of all people know what you mean because I get that too and I'm just like, what do you think this? When people tell you like sit down and shut up, I'm like, literally, what do you think this is going to accomplish on Twitter? You're not in my house. I'm not, I am sitting down. I'm in my <laughs> underwear all the time. So how it's are a, you in a position to tell me to shut up? But it's you a know, net positive. Like the so when I first you know started getting Twitter followers and stuff during Occupy Wall Street, my initial reaction in the first week or so was anxiety. No joke. Huh. I, had, I had never had this level of attention. All of a sudden, sure, people yeah. were tweeting at me like crazy, insulting me, and calling me crazy things. Half of them were nice, half of them were bad. And I was like, "What is this?" I've yeah, never yeah. And then very quickly, I was like, oh, "These people are dumb," and I started ignoring it. They're bees. But then a week or two later, I started getting excited every time I saw it. You know why? Because you were sexually attracted to bees. Yeah, I was just like, wow, this is great. <laughs> um, because every single, me, time, every single time I, these people were tweeting at me, I started to realize I was like, man, am I, am I doing something important? Right. Like, am I all of a sudden one of these people that like- Am I an influencer? Talk- yeah. You're like, wow. Yeah. I started realizing the hate didn't matter because it doesn't change my opinions. Right. It just means that my opinions matter to people. Huh. You yeah. can read like the, the love and the hate as like a social study and not to take either of them personally. It can blow your ego up or rip it down if you let it take it personally. Don't. But just look at the waves of emotions that are occurring and then kind of incorporate that into how you're behaving and try and yeah. modulate. People ask me sometimes how I deal with it. And I don't think I ha- I'm good at dealing with it in this sense because being a New Yorker all my life, if a homeless person comes up to you and starts screaming things, even if those insults are things you might be insecure about or are true, it's not going to permeate. Your only thought in your mind is, I have to get away from this homeless person before it escalates or I don't care. This case. So if someone comes at you on Twitter and says, blah, 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 it's just like, I didn't know you existed three seconds ago. You don't like me. That's fine. Like, you don't, I'm not for everyone. Go live your best life. And I don't, I, why would you think I would care? Yeah, I was thinking about playing a song with different different qualities of instruments like so maybe you need the right quality of instrument to really appreciate the music yeah 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 that's a gr- that's a great metaphor like honestly. a theremin yes, yes. <laughs> conti says i'm in the military and now being told that if i own any cryptocurrency i need to sell it or risk or, or, or risk losing my security clearance same with marijuana stocks i find that to be ridiculous it's not ridiculous if you're signing up for the military they own you yeah man so it's not ridiculous at all so Ghost Crusader says, Tim, PayPal can snap their fingers and end yep, your career. Very That's much. absolutely true. Yep. And so what I try Many to, horror stories. But so your banking institutions can, and these other platforms can. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is we need to minimize the links in the chain, because if yep. you have 10 yep, yep, different yep. services, any one of them, so you're creating more risk. So minimize no, that risk. We're, we're, or I mean, to be pedantic, you want to maximize the links. So if one link breaks, you've got 80 backup links. You want to maximize the amount of chains. Yeah, yeah. Different links. So what yes. I'm saying is- if you have a business, right, 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 not one, yeah, where you upload to three channels, then you've got you know all of these different companies. I guess I guess I should say it's not necessarily a good analogy. If you're on locals, then it's you to locals, yes, and then you have your payment processor, and then locals has DNS. The problem is that with each and every person resting in the bag- basket of Patreon locals or subscribe or any of these platforms, it's putting weight on their chain between their services. Yes. And at any point, they might be like, we got to, we got to, you know, toss some people out of the, out of the bucket. Otherwise we, we go down with everyone else. 
minimize that so that there's one chain with a bunch of people dangling right. evenly and everything's fine. Well, one person might get thrown out by somebody else, but I just want to minimize who has control over, over, over this. I hardly endorse this product or event. All right, let's see where we're at. Jay Stewart says, Tim, by banning people, they divide how much support they can receive. Corporations can work together and provide a cheap central location for access. But if people want to support you and Crowder, the cost has suddenly doubled. Well, how much uh, are you willing to uh, put forward to defend the ideas that you like or the shows that you like? I mean, there are people who who spend just without even thinking about it. They're probably spending a hundred bucks between their Disney Plus, their Netflix, their Hulu and, you know, Paramount or whatever, CBS, all these different things, 10, 15 bucks. How much are you willing to spend for independent channels? I think one of the problems is, and this is why we want to do shows. Someone says it's 10 bucks a month to be a member at TimCast.com for this one show. And then it's, you know, 10 bucks a month for, for Mug Club. And then it's 10 bucks a month. Now it's like, I want five shows and it costs me a hundred bucks. Whereas I can get 300 shows from one Netflix or from one Prime or whatever. Sure. So that's why I'm like, we need to have as many shows as possible under, you know, TimCast.com membership. So we're going to have shows. We're going to have documentaries. I'm going to hire some reporters. We're going to get writers and we're going to make this whole big, massive thing. I, I th- what I was shocked at, and this is because of my senior citizen status, how many people there are who are tripping over themselves who see, I guess this is kind of like at a restaurant, like no one doesn't tip. Like it's just a given you're going to tip. How many people, and this is something that happened very recently in internet culture, are very eager to be like, I own a business. I'm a stay at home mom. It's important to me that you're taking those bullets and upfront. So let me give you those five bucks a month because you're saying things that I can't. I didn't realize how many of those people are there and I, I, they pay my rent and I'm very, very grateful. And, you know, this is kind of my immigrant brain. If you've never met me and you're giving me that five bucks, that's like buying me a drink. That is yeah. such a sign of respect and I do not take it for granted. And it really is very moving when I get to be that guy. It is like to in take Dragon Ball Z when Goku needing to defeat Vegeta. Oh, I don't Vegeta, know. This is nerd talk. Summoned <laughs> the go. energy la, la, for the spirit bomb. And everyone gave their energy to Goku. Five dollars a piece. The one fiery blast of energy. My Virginia just came back. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce your name again. He says, Gray Giannikos, mispronouncing my name is a sign of racism. But oh, hey, no. thanks for the extra super chat. So <laughs> It's Greek, I think. I will admit to mispronouncing your name. Clayton from Illinois says, Michael, did you really mean that all cops are criminals or was that hyper- hyperbolic? All cops are criminals. They're not all on the take. They're not all corrupt. But if you look at, there was this footage I'm sure you probably talked about in your show, Tim. I think it was Holland or Belgium where there are people in a park and there was like an older man, he's maybe 70 and there's a cop running by him on horseback, clubbing him over the head. And he was, why are you laughing? It's a ridiculous story. It's crazy. Oh, but I mean, it was extremely disturbing to see old people getting clubbed and his head was smashed open. That's the good apple. The good apples aren't the ones on the take. They're the ones who smile and nod and follow orders. And those, many of those orders are complete crimes. So when I say all cops are criminal, if you are enforcing a law that makes someone unsafe in their home and makes them unable to fulfill their Second Amendment rights, yes, you are a criminal. All cops are criminals. This is what I find really funny. There's like, like some guy who argues with me on Facebook who clearly doesn't watch the show. And he's like, you just keep saying the same things. Your opinion never changes. It's just confirmation bias. And I was like, that's not what confirmation bias means anyway. Right, there, was a, there was a big change in my opinion after you said that on the show. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've talked. I mean, my stuff on 2A has gone crazy because of the things you were saying. I'll, I'll kind of wow. second. But I guess like I'm a, an influencer now. Absolutely. <laughs> now I know it feels for like. like um, so I guess you call you like a powerful 
social presence. You, you are very open to changing your mind from the time that I've known you. You, I, we'll talk about things and then I see in like two weeks, you'll be like, yeah, you'll be have uh, different views on if things. If it makes sense. Was, yeah. And so you mentioned that your right to bear arms shall not be infringed and the police don't care and they'll I oppress agree. your right in New York City. And I said, you're right about that. And so then my opinion on 2A got pretty, hey, okay, you know what? Felon gets out of prison, give him his gun. Yeah. The right shall not be infringed. It doesn't say unless you're a felon. doesn't say there's a lot of things it doesn't say. But is it the argument that if they don't uphold a criminal law, like go take their guns away, that then they have to leave the force so that just by being there, they're part of a corrupt system making them criminals? Or is it only when they actually enforce the there's illegal so law? There's so many laws that are complete crimes to enforce. I can't even get like drug laws. Absolutely. Here's, this drugs. is the thing. Uh, Eric Garner. When conservatives often point out that he wasn't choked, when he, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, you know, and, and he died because of a heart condition, it wasn't that he was actually physically choked by the police. Fine. The point is, if there's a man selling cigarettes and you feel comfortable walking up to him, putting your hands on him and taking him away to a jail, you are the criminal. That's, that's absolutely to me insane. Like, dude, the guy was, what do they call him, singles? Lucy's. Lucy's. And he goes, officers, I'm not bothering when leave me alone. He had it, you know, he wasn't fighting them. He was resisting in the rest of the sense that he's like, I don't want to leave. Get your hands off me. He wasn't, he was huge. He wasn't hitting them. He wasn't putting them in danger. The only you know, person in that whole situation who went to jail was the guy who filmed it. Right, 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 right. And that That's, was crazy. Why did he go to crazy. jail? I mean, it just... To me, I don't want to get too conspiratorial, but it really sounded like their comment was retaliation. That's what it sounded oh, like. I mean, wow. you've seen, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you've talked about this before, but I'm sure you've seen similar things in Occupy where the, the journalists who are covering it, the independent journalists are the ones who are being targeted. Oh, they're dude. showing things that the cathedral doesn't want. The, what, what, what the city of New York does, it's brilliant. They issue press credentials from the NYPD, which is against the First Amendment. Absolutely. And then you can't get a job at many of these news outlets unless you have it. And if you get it taken away, you can't work there anymore because you can't report. So what would happen is during the protest, the cop would be like, they would walk up to a journalist and say, if you don't leave right now, I take your pass. Yeah. And they go, bye-bye. And they'd leave. And then there was independent reporters Those like cops Luke Rakowski and me. Oh, absolutely. I'm not talking to the audience. Luke, I mean, just think about it. You know, Luke, Luke Rakowski, you, you guys know him, you love him. He did his video where he filmed one of the most notorious cops who would go after the press and things like that as like a nature documentary. You know, this guy in the wild and he would zoom in on him and he saw it. And one day he was like, you're the guy who made that that video about me on YouTube. And was like, I don't know what you're talking about. But like, you know, the regular press couldn't do these things. Right. Because they'd lose their credentials. And, and they're not interested because it further their, doesn't further their narrative. Dude, the, 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 the ABC would like pull up, walk out of the van, say, OK, here's the park. Turn around and say, we're here at the park. Here's what happened. Have a nice day. Get back in the van yeah, and leave. And that was journalism. I was at Charlottesville while it was going down and we were at um, Outback Steakhouse with like some of the alt-right people. And the surreal aspect of what was a block away from us and how it was being presented on the news was such a red pill moment that you're like looking out the window, then you're looking at the screen and it's complete disparity. Yep. That's, that was scary to me when I was in Sweden. The next oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. When all of the journalists aligned at the same time to claim all of a sudden just they loved me. And then the moment... We, we got off the highway and turned and went straight to Rinkeby. Then they were like, uh-oh. And then every news outlet was like, Tim Pool's a liar, a manipulator. At the same time, I was What's like- What's Rinkeby? It was a, it was, it's a, it's a, a, a poor neighborhood, a Somali migrant neighborhood. And so I was very much in line with their Potemkin village. The Green Party guy walks me around. Everything's nice. We explain like, you know what? These, these reports are just not true. They're exaggerated. And then I was, I did my job. I reached out to a bunch of other people. I talked to some crazy people, some regular people, some left, some right. And we went with this one local journalist 
And then abruptly, he was like, you want to go? Let's do it. Pulls off the highway. And then all of a sudden, it was like, uh-oh. He's not supposed to be getting off that road. And then the media just aligns. It's like the Truman like Show. Creepy. It is like the Truman Show. It was show. creepy. And we, we had people spying on us. We had, we had people lurking around our hotels. We had to, like, leave. All right, I got to read some more of these. We got Elevate Fitness Dallas says, Tim, wish me happy birthday. Happy birthday, Elevate Fitness Dallas. Thanks Very for the cool. super chat. Um, James asks, I'm not sure I understand this one. He says, I love that when I came in, I see Michael Malice dressed like Clark Kent. And now at the end, he is sup- Superman. I love him and I love oh. you guys. I don't see talking. Yeah, I don't, you are sure Superman to me. You know what this oh, is? No, 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 no. It's this. This is Tim. You got trolled. These are the April Fools people oh, who get in the okay. super chats. They make you to read nonsense, and then you look like a fool I, I think for reading this. I, Screw no, 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 you. No. You're kind of like like Clark. Like no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Because he's calling me a journalist. He's saying I'm one of the bad guys because oh, Clark Kent was a newspaperman. No, this is his backdoor way of making fun of me. He's complimenting you. He's saying that in the beginning, he saw you as a regular guy. And by the end of the show, he realizes that you're a hero who's fighting the good fight. Oh, that was what I thought. Okay. That makes more sense. Well, I still think you're, you're not as bad as Trevor, but you're pretty (laughs) terrible. All right. We'll just read a a couple more because we just, my friends, I thank you all so much for the super chats. We just, we we just have so many coming in. Thank you guys. And, um, all right, let's see. Patrick says, what worries you more, cancel culture or compliance culture? What's compliance culture? I, I guess he's saying, you know, getting banned or the people who just give in and do what they're told. I don't know what he means by worse, but in terms of which is more a threat to me, I'm in no danger of complying with anything. Uh, so it would be uh, cancel. I, I, I don't think these things, to, these two things are superable at all. I think they're very much compliance culture is cancel culture being implemented. I, 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 I got to say real quick, we got some more super chats. People... I, I think they're really digging your ideology. They must be big fans of anarchy okay. or, or anarchism. They, think, they must really agree with your, your ideas about defunding police and police being criminals because all of a sudden they're saying things like, we got Crystal Mackey says, I walked away for one hour and suddenly your guest turns into Superman. This is what I get for walking away. I mean, clearly your ideas are resonating with the audience to where they, they, they just yeah. listen. You know, view it, as a hero. It, it's been tough growing up for me being this farm boy in the middle of Kansas. And now I get to be in this here in Springfield, Illinois. You know, with Tim Fool and all these other people, so it's it's kind <laughs> of right. it's, it's very humbling. Mm-hmm. All right, official Jim says you opened my eyes to politics, Tim. How would I go about trying to learn and understand more? Where should I start? I don't know. Um, you can watch my show and then watch other shows. Watch Michael Malice's show. Watch people like Jimmy Dore because yep. Jimmy will give you a more leftist perspective, but he's a he's a he's a real guy. He's an honest guy. Very red pilled leftist. Yeah, absolutely. What and, is your like? Um, and he hates war. Absolutely. That's my him. that's my criterion. Are you someone who, even if you're like, sometimes we have to have war, do you think this is really a very mixed blessing at the best of circumstances? Or are you like, we got to do it. This is the big divide for me. When, Tim, when you get up in the morning, what's your methodology of sourcing news? Like, what are your first few steps? I just start reading a bunch of news. Like, do you have specific places you go? Bunch of different news outlets, Twitter. So my, my Twitter feed is a, co- is a collection of left and right and mainstream news sources. And so I scroll through that. As soon as I wake up, I'm like scrolling through all these stories. Did you? There's a website that lets you, judging by your Twitter, what percent is right, left, and center. I'm Did, left. You're left? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Mine was 30, 39, 41, and then 20% centrist. It was really it, but, cool. it, but it says the news you interact yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Which means things you're making fun of as well. Yeah. I, so uh, here's the issue. I use NewsGuard on yeah. purpose to make a point. And that means I'm often fact-checking these certified sources and avoiding many conservative sources because NewsGuard is biased. So what ends up happening is on this thing, it says I'm, I'm, I'm interacting with more mainstream or left-leaning stories. But in reality, it's just uh, – let me, let me correct this. 
It was ground news as Tim Pool interacts with left-wing stories, but in reality, it's just mainstream news sources. So you think about what that really means. Right, right. Because I follow a lot of conservatives, and I tweet a lot of, at, at conservatives about a lot of things, or retweet, I retweeted Ben Shapiro earlier. But the stories I tweet only come from that check mark, which is funny. So NewsGuard, if you're listening, take into consideration about what that means about your service. The stories I interact with have to be certified by you, because I'm trying to make a point, and then it claims I'm left biased, and I have a, I have a blind spot for the right, it says. There wow. All right, one more super chat. Garhant says, Tim, I respectfully disagree with you creating a network of you. What will work is for you to form a network with people like you, Crowder, Rubin, Gadsad, Weinsteins. That is how you win. Bigly. I'm not creating a network of me. I'm creating a network with a bunch of different shows. So I'm talking to comedians about helping them do a show. There may be a comedian who is producing, you know, anti-woke stuff or just comedy that's just not in the in the culture war at all. Just funny jokes or maybe it's offensive. And we're going to give them an opportunity to make new content. We are going to grow. It's not going to be a network of me. It's going to be original movies with nothing to do with me. We are going to make this like you get an app and you open it and there's going to be, you know, a show with a bunch of different people. Maybe we'll do a Michael Malice comedy special. I would love to see that. Yeah. Political comedy. Something like that. Yeah. Have you done? Do you do live comedy? I My first job. Uh, first, trying to be creative was doing stand-up. This was a very long time ago. And because I had a friend who killed himself, and we basically, ma- because we were so stressed about it, we made his that night into a roast, I thought to myself, if I can do stand-up and get people to laugh, anyone can make jokes about sex or bitches be texting, whatever. If you can make people joke about things like suicide, then you're really talented. <laughs> what I learned, and this is why I quit after six months, the same set that kills one night will walk the room the next. Right. And you have no control over what mm-hmm. lands and what doesn't. And that was such a, uh, a screw in my head so much, I gave it up. Oh. Well, then, uh, we'll see how this uh, we'll see how this manifests. But the idea is, if you're a member at TimCast.com, we're going to start producing a bunch of stuff. We're probably going to have gaming content, gaming reviews. We're probably going to have definitely the vlog stuff, but that'll be on YouTube as well. The goal is to just have a bunch of different people involved. And yes, you will get access to all these shows. The money that you are paying as a member of TimCast is going to be used to build culture. That's my plan. Part of it will be used, hopefully soon, to start development on an open source project. We'll see exactly how we can pull it off. I think it's ambitious, but I'd like to do it. That being said, my friends, smash the like button if you have not done that already. Show your support for the show. Subscribe. And maybe soon we will break 1 million subscribers on this channel with your support. You can follow me on all social media platforms at TimCast. My other YouTube channels are youtube.com slash TimCast, youtube.com slash TimCast News. Make sure you go to TimCast.com because we're going to have a bonus segment up around 11 p.m. with uh, our good friend Michael Malice, and it's, it's going to be fun and spicy. And uh, we do the show live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. So thanks for hanging out. Michael, do you want to shout anything out? Yes. We all talked about some funny things today, some serious issues, and we talked about support. So it's important to support the underwear that supports you. <laughs> Are you doing a promo? <laughs> Oh, get out of here. If you go to (laughs) sheathunderwear.com and use promo code MALICE20, they've got the dual pouch technology, (laughs) and you could support the underwear that supports me, Bridget Phetasy, Dave Smith, and people like Luis J. Gomez, who will, you know, won't make it in the, uh, when we come to the next future. I got to get them to send me a bunch of that stuff. I have some for you. I brought some. Oh, Oh, wonderful. So, yeah. I I want a swag box. Sheathunderwear.com. Right well, I appreciate it. And you I chose- got to tell you in all seriousness, this is made by an Iraq war vet. Oh, cool. And it's an independent businessman. So I, I'm glad. I love being able to promote a product. Is it that, made in America? Um, I was made in the Ukraine. <laughs> what does it say? Yeah. 
Designed in America. <laughs> designed, and the thing is, if it's camo, it makes your junk even more invisible. Yeah, I think it protects you from sharks, right? Maybe not that particular <laughs> underwear. I don't want to make me fall. All clothes. right. I, love it. I, I was talking to him. I'm like, I wonder if I'm going to be able to pull this off. And you set me up perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and no, no. In all seriousness, um, uh, the Anarchist Handbook is going to be done in the next couple of weeks. And that'll nope. be out. And I'm sure I can come back and talk about you it. You know, I would like to point out how cut you look. Oh, very yes. ripped. Oh, I like what you've yeah. done with the body. Thank you, sir. Yeah, very muscular. I'm on a cut. For a 63-year-old, it's impressive. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's I mean, you're telling the line. Adrenochrome. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, no, no. Not just a clever myth. All uh, right. Yeah, you guys can also follow me at IanCrossland.net, which is my website. <laughs> and you can find my... It's not, not that Boy Scout it's not nonsense. That right. I tried. That other guy. I waited to buy .com for a few months after I started <sighs> making YouTube videos, and someone snagged it. So don't wait. Don't hesitate. Or if you hate someone, buy their domain name and forward it. I've done that trick. Several times. <laughs> Listen to the man. I love it. I love the it. The Superman. Michael is the master troll, and I love having him on. I have two things to say. I want to wish a happy birthday to my pal Brenda. Her birthday today, April Fool's Day. Her dad must have been shocked when her mom was in the hospital. He's like, no, I don't believe it. And the second is that I figured out the mystery of what this term was that, that this hire liked so much about Michael Malice. Oh. It was when Michael Malice explained to Lex Friedman what tits or GTF means. <laughs> So there you go. And that sounded like Lex Luthor. <laughs> Lex, I'm more of a brainiac, please. <laughs> he doesn't laugh though. Lex Friedman. That's true. He doesn't. Yeah. So that solved that mystery. I'm very happy that I could help. I am Sour Patch Lids on Twitter and Mines, and Real Sour Patch Lids on Gab and Instagram. Make sure you smash that like button before you go, and we will see you all in the exclusive members only segment at TimCast.com at about 11. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you there. Bye, guys.